All right, Holman, welcome to another episode of the Truck Show Podcast. This is number 243, I want to say. Yes? Yeah. Do you not know what episode it is? I don't. I don't really keep track. This is the problem we have every week. Where you send me audio files and they're like of some odd episode number. I'm like, no, that's what? not true. What episode that's are you sending? Go, well, this is the one we just did. When I'm looking well, at the computer, I know what episode it is, but I just don't. I don't go uh-huh. like I need to remember the number so next. So week, I can start the show and be accurate. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay. Who cares? <laughs> well, Ryan Cornblue might care. I know you're carrying a box that's wrapped in uh, Rock Auto taping. All right. Why? So Ryan and I converse on social quite a bit, and uh, he's one of our listeners. He's written in before, and he's like, hey. I want to send you guys some of Canada's finest snacks. I want to represent the uh, the Great White North. Oh, so he's from America's Hat. Yes, he is America's Hat. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so you I think g- they appreciate that? Uh, by the way, they don't. Oh, okay. no, they don't. Right. Uh, what kind of hat is it? Is it a baseball cap? I think it's a uh, like Abe Lincoln's hat. Or do you think it's like one of those? Um, furry animal hats on the inside, and then it's like felt on the outside, and you can nope. cover your ears? No, I think it's a fedora. Do Mounties wear hats? Uh, yeah, yeah, they, they have do. to. Yeah, of it's course a Mountie hat. All right, Mountie hat. That's manly. Who's in the box? Uh, what's in the box? What's in the box? All right, uh, so anyway, I don't know what's in here. He's like, what do you guys want from Canada? And I'm like, I don't know. Mix up some stuff. Now, the problem is, is I'm sitting here with this knife in my hand, uh-huh. and the problem is, as soon as I use this knife to open this box, we owe him a shirt and stickers. What's wrong with that? <laughs> have, you, have you met us? Oh, wait, our track record of never <laughs> sending them out? So, so Ryan, it's probably going to take a week before we can get to the sticker and T-shirt supply, but we will return the favor. So, all right, here we go. Are you oh, ready? Hold on a second. Are you sure that that's not ricin? I'm not. Didn't explode. We're still here. It's good. Much to the chagrin of our listeners. Mm-hmm. Will they appreciate us getting blown up? Uh, I don't. Well, they wouldn't know because oh, they wouldn't know. Yeah, we'll just be, be, be no show. Out. Yeah, we have nobody working with us. Uh-huh, yeah. Whoa! I see a bag of. Hold on, hold on. What is that? Hold on. Hawkins, cheesies. Turn your mic on. I, I can't hear you. There you go. I can hear that. Well, I want the. I want the snacks to speak for okay, us. Okay. All right. This is uh, made with real Canadian cheddar cheese. This is like uh, Cheetos, but this is a triple pack. So there's one for me, one for you, and then one for you and I to fight over. Big boy cheesies. This is uh, 420 grams of uh, cheesy goodness. Emballage de Troyes. De Troyes. I don't think it's. I don't know how you no, pronounce I don't think that. That's it but that's what all. it says right here on the on thing. Okay, that's okay. All right, so we got some Canadian uh, Let me you know, see that. Cheetos. Okay. Okay. Oh, up! Oh, look at that. Tim that? Hortons coffee. Oh, Dude, Tim I Hortons. I, that's that's big deal up there. I wish I liked coffee. All right, that's all, right, all you. That. That's one hundred percent you. Okay. What's this here? I love this right here. Look at the back. A Canadian company. Smarties, but NHL Smarties. I like that. Okay. I like that. That's Those cool. Are two? I get one. You get one. I get oh, one. Oh, sweet. Okay. Yep. But uh, these are the form factor of Smarties that we don't get here, which is fascinating. Mm. Ooh, check this out. Ruffles with the all-dressed seasoning. What does that even mean? Well, that's like a, it's like a thing. You have to look it up. It's, it's like a, a flavor profile that Canadians love. All-dressed. All-dressed. Let me see that a second. Oh, here we go. On the back. On the back. Yeah. Canada's very own. You'll enjoy this bag of Ruffles all-dressed-up chips if, one, you enjoy unique Canadian food. It was invented here after all. Number two, you're seeking something sweet and salty and savory in one bag. That does sound good. Now wait a minute. Do the chips alternate? Is one dipped in something and another one is no? You just you know you put, you put one in your mouth and then you go on a, uh, a uh, culinary adventure. Okay. 
Uh, and then number three, you love eating chips that will make your taste buds feel like they are going to explode. So I've heard about the all-dressed Canadians. I've never done it before. We should probably taste these on the show. Okay. All right. We'll do this at the very end. Ooh. Just in case it's bad and... Ketchup Lay's. What's that? Oh, ketchup Lay's. What the what? So it's basically like tastes like ketchup on your Lay's chips. It's like, uh, don't they have barbecue also, flavor? Yeah, of course they do. Made in Canada. Well, these all have the made in Canada. They're so Well, proud. yeah, these are Canadian products. I know, but it's so wild that they- Oh, uh, uh, we're not done yet. Like like when you get Lay's here, they don't say made in America. Oh, check this out. Canadian Kit Kats. <gasps> so oh, this is com- squished. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, they're a little no. squished. They look like they got warm. Uh-huh. Uh, but they're still, they got to be good. So these are in a form factor and a wrapper different than what we have out here. Let me see. Here you go. They're so flat. You do enjoy yourselves a Kit Kat. I am going to. what's I'm this? I'm going to eat All right. that. Can I have that now? Do you, you mind? Sure, go for All it. All right. And then uh, Nestle Aero, feel the bubbles. It's a, uh, a chocolate bar. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, what this you, is, you're dude, looking this, at? this Kit Kat has been melted yeah, and but then frozen is and it then good? melted. Again. Hold on. And the verdict? Kit Kat. Oh, yeah. There you go. So there not go. different than ours, just wrapped differently. Yeah. Dude, Ryan, thanks. All right, uh, wow. I'm going to open the Smarties. Mm-hmm. Our Smarties are like, oh, look at these. They're like smushed Skittles. Oh, yeah, they are. Interesting. This cannot be good Whoa. podcast. Whoa, is, this, this, is this good radio? Dude, they're like M&Ms. There's chocolate in the middle. What? Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, I thought it was going to be Smarties like we have. Let me see that. Where it's like the, uh, the mm-hmm. tart candy. It's not. Oh, it's like an M&M. Just like you said. Huh. Mm. All right, Ryan. Dude, mm. we had no idea. That was um, really good. Yeah. Mm. The all-dressed ruffles. Mm-hmm. We got to do that because I'm curious. But not, not, I can't do it right now. No, but just we just chocolate. ate. Yeah, yeah. and we just, mm. ate, we just ate before we got here. All right, well, uh, I'm about to uh, enjoy all these uh, uh, tasty morsels from Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was wondering, do you think that the Canadian cheesies, which again are like our Cheetos, but apparently better, mm-hmm. do you think they leave the same orange residue all over your hands? Oh, that's a great as question. As their American counterpart? Um, are you saying we shouldn't eat them in our truck? No, what I'm saying is if you got a Nissan Frontier Pro 4X with uh-huh. the lava red accent, <laughs> it's almost the same color as the cheese. Uh-huh. And I think you can eat them in a Frontier and you would have no idea that anybody was in there. No clue. Although we could eat them in- It could be like a cheesy's murder scene. You didn't ever you know it? No, just because it's, there's those nice little uh, lava red accents on the I badge see. and on the doors. I like how you tied it into the food, yeah. You like that? Yeah, it's a nice move. Uh Uh, Next time we'll count how many cup holders there are. (laughs) Hey, guys, uh, we love our Nissan trucks, and uh, if you love the podcast, you should love Nissan, too, because Nissan loves us. So if you are looking for a new half-ton or mid-sized truck, definitely want to check out NissanUSA.com or head on down to your local Nissan dealership where you can check out the Nissan Frontier, the Nissan Titan, and the Titan XD. What about the warranty? The Titans have the industry's best, five-year, 100,000 miles. So, homie, get this. If you had bought a Titan when we first started this podcast— like almost five years ago, you'd still be under warranty. You know it's going to be sad? Uh, when that warranty expires, you realize you have no warranty on the podcast or on your truck anymore. We were defective straight out of the factory. Yeah, no doubt about it, which is probably why you can't uh, get an extended warranty from those guys calling your phone all week uh, for the Truck Show podcast. And my good friend, Mr. Holman, you know what else is uh, covered under a lifetime warranty? Uh, let me guess. Is it uh, a product in the bank's lineup? It might be. Is it uh, something that uh, provides protection for my rear end? <laughs> um, yes, it is. Why but, are but you laughing? Because well, Rich, you're talking about your truck, right? Uh, maybe. Okay. Yes, <laughs> well, it cools your rear end. Uh, I heard that if it gets impacted, it'll break apart. 
that well, it will get gummed up. Can you describe uh, maybe clearer than the way I am? Yes. That is a Banks Ram Air rear differential cover that cools your rear diff temps by five times over other aftermarket covers and stock. And the cooler your gear oil is, the longer the gears will last inside of the diff. So are you saying it's patented? I am saying it's patented. Are you saying the uh, the cooling fins will break away if you impact something? Absolutely. They are perforated and designed to break off if you hit a tree stump or a rock, and banks will replace one for free if you do so. But I don't think you will unless you're going to go to Johnson Valley and participate in King of the Hammers. Uh, does it have a uh, magnetic drain plug and a sight glass? Not only does it have those, it also has a magnetic angled fill port. And can I get it in any color I want? No. <laughs> well, you can get it in black, you can get it in natural aluminum, or you can get it in raw aluminum so you can powder coat it your favorite color. So if you wanted it cheesy's orange, you could do that. <laughs> I'm gonna. Can you color match that? I guess you could. I want to do it where it just looks like somebody who ate cheesy's installed it, mm-hmm. and there are forever fingerprints all over the back you, of my- You could do it if you find a really good powder coater. All right, well, bankspower.com. <laughs> if you want to keep your <laughs> rear differential cool and looking like cheesy's. And just as reliable as that rear differential cover- are Toyo tires. I know because I have, this is sad to say, like 20 years experience with Toyos. I think maybe even more. Why is that sad to say? Well, because it speaks to how old I am. No, it means that <laughs> it means that you uh, are a great spokesperson for them. And I, you have been. I have been a huge fan of Proxus on all of my sports cars, sedans, wife's cars. What about uh, now that you have a truck? Are you going to be a huge fan of the open countries? Oh, big time. Big time uh, mud terrains, the all terrains, the AT3s. Uh, they're all incredible. They they provide the grip that you need, and they're not loud. We've all heard the guy on the highway next to us as he passes you. Not a Toyo. Not, no, not a Toyo. Never have I had a loud Toyo. It doesn't matter which one I put on the car truck. Well, Toyo is offering a 500-mile, 45-day trial offer. Warranties on their tires are up to 65,000 miles. The Open Country AT3 all-terrain tire delivers gripping off-road traction with responsive and predictable on-road handling. When developing the Open Country AT3, Toyo put a strong focus on wet performance, durability, and treadwear life. And Toyo introduces the advances in tread design construction and all-new tread compounding. We've got a tire that not only grips... And brakes and handles well in all conditions, but it's not going to chunk apart the tread on those really tough off-road trails. You know what? The AT3 is built to get you there and get you back home. So if you want to find out about one of the best all-terrain tires on the market, make sure you head to toyotires.com and select Open Country AT3. If that's not your jam, there's a complete family of Open Country tires from the MT and RT to the CT and the AT2, the HT2, the QT, the WLT1, and even make, something for your side-by-side. You're making this up now. I didn't know that that lineup was that extensive. Open countries for everyone and everything. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck, because truck rides with the truck show. We have the lifted, we have the lowered, and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The truck show, the truck show, the truck show. Oh, oh. It's the truck show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. All right. right. No, my. All right. Oh, wait, you're gonna go. I'm gonna go. I was gonna go. No, I'm gonna go. You're gonna go. I'm gonna go. Okay, what do you got? All right, your kids are both of driving age now. Yes, I got a, uh, I got a 17 and 20. So I've got a 15. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's going to be getting her permit here uh, after the first of the year probably. Did you let her drive the Jeep 4xE out in the desert? I saw you on Instagram a couple days ago. Uh, no, because we were on some uh, fairly gnarly terrain, uh, at least for a, uh, for a novice driver. So okay. No. 
pretty interesting. I'll, the 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 four by e is a very interesting product that I'll we'll talk about later. Okay, not this time. I want to spend some more time with it. What? I wasn't asking about that. Yeah, now. Yeah. I'm just curious if you let your daughter drive. No, That's no. All. all right. So I'm looking at vehicles. I'm trying to figure out what to get her. Mm-hmm. And my word, are used cars expensive right now? Which I knew they would be, but even at the very low end, they're expensive. And I know yes. we've talked about her her Volkswagen Beetle project, which is. Just by the sheer nature of you know uh, finances and time and all the things that go into a project, I have a feeling this is going to be something her and I work on for a while yet. But I need something to get her into to start driving because she's not driving a 470 horsepower Wrangler. No, no, Mm-mm. not not a great beginner's car. Well, are you? Do you want to get her like a like a Civic? No. Or you okay? No, I was looking at. So hear, hear me out. And th- I, this is not me shilling. This is me actually saying what I would do because I just convinced my friend for his son to do the same thing. I was looking at used Nissan Frontiers. So I want to find like a 05, 06 King Cab, four-cylinder, manual. Remember that base model one that I drove not too long ago, the $19,000 one? Yes. And that I was like, man, this is actually other than the stereo. Yeah, you had a base model one stripped, but you came back loving it. Yeah, I did everything I wanted to do. So I've been looking at those, and I've been kind of looking around the SoCal area, and I'm thinking, on a good day, maybe 10000 bucks. Oh, wait, you're saying this is the real price or what you wanted to pay? No, this is what I wanted to pay. Okay. Like, I'm trying to figure out what my budget's going to be. I mean, her, her mom's going to throw in a little bit. I've got a little set aside, but I I didn't realize to get her into something reliable around 100,000 miles, 125,000 mm-hmm. miles. Can I guess? You're well over Can I guess? 10 grand, sure. Um, in good shape, around 100,000 miles on a Frontier, 18. Uh, it depends on the year. Okay. Even the beginning of that generation, the like 05s, yeah. you're looking at 13, 14. If you're looking at something that's like a 2015, for example, mm-hmm. so what is that, seven years old now? With like eighty thousand miles, you're you're in the twenties. Wow! I mean, they're just crazy. And it's good that well, they're a they last forever, so they keep their value, of course. But b just trucks are through the roof in well, general. But here's the thing: is I, I want to get her a pickup truck because I'm thinking, does she want a pickup truck or yeah, do you want no, her to no. have one? I, it doesn't matter what she wants. If I'm buying it for her, it doesn't matter what she wants. Are you sure about that? I'm uh, hundred percent sure. Okay. Because did she say the words, "Dad, whatever you buy, I'll drive"? Yeah, pretty much. She's pretty low key, and, oh, and okay. I, I I ran this idea by her, and I, I'll tell you why in a minute. And she said, yeah, I, I would do that. And I was like, good, because that's oh, probably good. what we're going to do. Yeah. Are you, you want to find a manual? This is, this, is, this is my thought process. I want a regular cab or extended cab pickup truck. I want two-wheel drive for simplicity, four-cylinder for simplicity, and I want it to be a stick because if you learn how to drive a stick, you're a better driver. I want a regular cab or a king cab because she won't have room for her friends. I want the pickup. Oh, yeah, the book bags and all that stuff can go in the back. I want the pickup bed because she'll be able to put her guitar and some of her musical instruments and stuff for the things she likes to do in the back. And we can get her a lockable tonneau and, and all, all that kind of stuff. And if I want to do a Home Depot run, I have a truck, <laughs> which is super important. <laughs> yep. And, and she'll be the most popular kid because when you have a truck, you know, everybody. Because everybody wants you to move their so stuff. So I was looking at Tacoma. Oh, let's get the beach cruisers and put them in the yeah, back exactly. and go to the beach. Yeah. So I was looking at Tacomas. I was looking at Rangers. I was looking at Frontiers. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to find something decent under 150,000 miles in this part of the country for under 12 grand. And that's like, that's a lot of car. And the other thing is about- By the way, it? that's not just this part of the country. Open up your search on, oh, no, uh, I did. on, on I did. car I did. gurus or whoever. Yeah, I, know. I did like 750 miles and all that. And it's crazy. And most of the, the strippers have- uh, How do you know what the strippers have? Our fleet. 
because they did a lot of work, if you know what I mean. Uh, I see. The, the, stri- the stripper vehicles. <laughs> the stripper vehicles did work. But the manuals, most fleet vehicles aren't manuals, they're automatics. So it's right. like if you find a manual base model, there was like an old guy who that's just, he just wanted a simple pickup. We're trying to find that guy to buy this thing from, right? I don't want the beat up old fleet vehicle. And the other thing about having a truck is if you bump into something, super cheap to fix, right? Like it's, it's bumpers are not a big deal. Body on frame, you can't kill it. If, uh, it, you know, fairly safe. I think it's safer than like a Civic or something like that, an accident, you know. So I'm kind of in this, My I would like the listeners' inputs. What did they do for their kids who started driving? Is, is a two-wheel drive, midsize or small pickup truck the right way to go? Would you put your daughter or, or your kid in something like that? That's kind of where my head is right now. And I'm not super stoked on the prices I'm seeing because I, I don't, she's a good kid. She's a hard worker. And I want to put her in something safe, but something that is, you know, durable and we're not going to have to worry about. Like and fairly economical. Uh, yeah. I mean, you still get 25 miles to the gallon in most of those No, trucks. I'm talking about economical for you. Well, that's that's part of it, too. I mean, you got to look at insurance, obviously. Mm-hmm. What did your insurance go up when your kids started driving? All of it. Yeah. Every penny. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Uh, I spend my total insurance bill for the year, all in, all family, is over eight grand. Um, that's a lot. Yes, it is. I'm trying to think of what what ours is. I bet it's uh, and by the way, I get some Adam. good guy deals too because I oh multi car. I'm, I'm friends with my agent. I'm, I'm friends with my agent. Yeah. I used to be the AIS guy. Yeah. I don't oh, that's true. Remember, that's true. Yeah. trying to get them to be advertisers. It's just it's tight. This ah, oh, this would be a really good opportunity. This would be a huge opportunity. Yes. All right, go on, but but going beyond that, like what are people putting their kids in these days? Now, here's the other thing. I wouldn't mind. Oh, get her a TRX. <laughs> nope, not also not in the cars. But I would get her a manual transmission Wrangler. Oh, yeah. You know, I think a Wrangler could be cool, like a TJ, but mm-hmm. those are super expensive too. And I, I'm kind of kicking myself because I went to uh, see our buddy Mike Rice at Adventure Off-Road. And he you had, spent a lot of time down there. I mean, it's a mile from my house. Yeah. And there was a TJ hardtop Sahara owned by a one owner by a lady that still had the plastic on the floor mats in the back seat. It was unbelievably clean, and she was looking for a buyer at that time. It was a hard top on 31s, white, with the tan and green interior. Oh, my Lord. And I just I just should have figured out how to do it at that time, but it I was- It was probably in the high two, uh, 26, 7? I don't think, I don't know, because I, I never I never let myself approach what it would uh, would have cost to buy that thing. Gotcha. Um, but it, it wasn't a Rubicon, which is good, because she doesn't need that kind of capability, but- I wouldn't mind putting her in something like that because it's kind of fun and she's at the beach and all that. And again, it's not super big, body and frame. They're pretty, uh, they're, they're pretty reliable. And with the four cylinder, they're not fast. You know, you can't do anything stupid in them. Oh wait. Anyway, yes, moving right along. <laughs> so, so, like, what do you think? I mean, is is uh, is a pickup truck the right thing for uh, for my new driver? Absolutely, it really is. I would have loved to have picked up a um, pickup small compact truck for uh, for Quinn when he turned sixteen, seventeen. And uh, he just wanted to be a little uh, sports car guy. Yeah, no, so I, he ended I get up getting it. a Scion. I, I get it, and his Scion kicks butt. It's cool. Yeah, it's him. Six speed. Yeah, no, it's awesome. I, I just, uh, I, you know, the Frontiers. I was surprised that they're almost Tacoma money, and the Tacomas are just super expensive anyway, and it just doesn't matter. I mean, it's, it's like you can get a hundred and fifty thousand mile Nissan and know it has, you know, another several hundred thousand in it. For the same price, you can get for like a 250,000-mile Tacoma. Yeah. And I'm not getting her something no. 250,000 miles. So be. No. I want something that has a service history. You know, I want somebody who kept it for 10 years or maybe a little longer. It's got 100,000. You'll find it if you have patience. You will you find know, that's it. that's the thing. That's why I want to talk about it now because I don't need to Maybe get one of our listeners to... have one. I mean, maybe they do. Would I'm... you be willing to take her on a road trip to get one? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, listen, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com or 657-205-6105. But I'm not paying the truck show uh, podcast price. I'm not a famous person like Lightning is across the table. I'm Are just, you uh, mental? I'm a uh, lowly automotive journalist <laughs> who just spent his wad on a uh, uh, vehicle he probably shouldn't have bought. And now I'm thinking about my kid and feeling really guilty. <laughs> I right, King of Shame, how do you feel about calling Mr. Matt Gamble, engine program manager at uh, One Banks Power? Banks what? Power. Banks Power. What is uh, engine program manager? He builds engines. <laughs> Sounds like he manages the building so, of engines. Yeah, he designs them. So he worked at Edelbrock and uh, we stole him. Yanked him right away. <laughs> and... Uh, he built and designed superchargers, uh-huh. and uh, he was uh, in charge of doing their heads. Hmm. And we said, hey, we want to uh, sell engines to the public. And he said, hey, Edelbrock's moving. I'll come with you. And then you both said, hey, I've got money. And then he said, I, I want money. And then you shook hands. And he said, I've got talent. We like, we like talented people. Wow, let's call him, Lightning. <laughs> Well, it's not going well. Well, you knew you were calling. I guess so. Hmm. Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> well, not is, for lightning. What is that? Oh, I, <laughs> I can't tell you, Matt, what just happened in the studio. Just while the phone was ringing, something came out of Holman here that was awful. And I, I don't want to say what, but I will say that uh, it might make the uh, paint peel. No, that's not true. That's, I yeah. Listen, I oh. am... From California and have a certified particulate filter. <laughs> Do you now? <laughs> hey, that's you guys scheduled podcasts on Taco Tuesday. That's on you. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Lightning always gets offended, and he's like, yeah. "It's a thousand degrees in here. How could you do that to me?" And I'm like, well, "It's easy. Watch." <laughs> so, when, when, as, as you guys were listening to the uh, the phone ring, as we're waiting for Matt to pick up, I muted the microphone so you couldn't hear what happened. Right. And I quickly brought it up, and here's me and my are my eyes bloodshot. Not yet. I mean, they feel I like I think it. you're very dramatic. I'm not, dude. You can look. It's, Thank the, you. The, you told me the you wanted to go. got thick in no, here. No, you told me you wanted to go on a road trip and you can't even handle a little blast here and there inside the studio. <laughs> what are you going to do when it's like a- th- ten, 10 hours in a hot car? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to turn the AC off and put on recirculate. Uh-huh. Oh, by the way, that's the name of my new memoir. And, 10 hours in a hot car. Yeah, and I'm going to turn <laughs> yeah. the uh, switch off uh-huh. so you can't download or uh, roll down your windows. Oh, my Lord. Well, yeah, that'll, be, that'll be followed up by gas station burritos. Oh, no. Uh. Worse. Gas station pizza. <laughs> oh, I oh, actually, geez, I, I had a, so Ken Brubaker and I from Four Wheeler were uh, once traveling the uh, country and uh, we stopped in and we hadn't eaten in a while. So I got some gas station pizza uh-huh. and we got- Is that the kind of little cardboard box, the yeah, little yeah. white box that's shaped like a pizza slice? Ken, we were in Montana and there wasn't like a lot between towns where we were at. Uh-huh. And uh, Ken's pulling out of this, this gas station and we get back on this rural road and he's like- how is it? I'm like, oh, I don't know. And I was so hungry. I took a bite. It was literally the worst pizza I ever had. I rolled down the window and I flung it and it flew like 200 feet like a Frisbee. And not one pepperoni was lost from the uh, from the pizza. The pepperoni was permanently molded into the cheese. It was. I think, I think it's a stamping machine that oh. just stamps out like goo and then it's like painted the color of pizza. Well, are they made on the same line as the uh, Whammo Frisbee discs? <laughs> yeah, or how about the lawn darts? Uh-huh. <laughs> you everybody remember lawn darts? Yes, of course. Hey, catch that one! <laughs> it had to be the worst toy of all time, right? Or the best? 
you just you well you don't want to catch yourselves them. right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah we are. Well, shoot. All right, well, uh, <laughs> Matt, what do you what are you doing there? I hear stuff in the background. Are you doing laundry or something? Oh yeah, tonight's laundry night. And are tacos. Really? Well, it is Taco Tuesday night, <laughs> Taco so it's Tuesday, just very convenient. Night, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it just depends on the order you do it in. <laughs> yeah, there is an order of operations when you are a, a manager. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Matt, uh, we got to play a quick intro before we can talk to you. So hold on one second. It's the Inside Job, baby. Yes, it is. It's the Inside Job now. Uh-huh. It's the Inside Job, baby. It's time for you to share what you do. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Like N- that. All right. So enough about Taco Tuesday and your laundry night. Let's talk about what you do. So, Matt, before we can get into what you do at Banks and how we stole yes, you, uh, what uh-huh. were you doing? Uh, I wouldn't say stole as much as I'd say rehomed. Rehomed? We yeah. rehomed Matt. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you, you adopted him. <laughs> Straight cat. His, own, his owners <laughs> were, were leaving the country, or uh-huh. at least the state, and uh, they couldn't keep him. And so well, they, uh, they tried uh, to keep him. Oh, did he jump yeah. out of the back of the U-Haul while he was still driving? He said, no, I live here. <laughs> kind of, Are yes. there people looking for him now? Is that part of this? <laughs> So, Matt, you've got an interesting story, and we want you to kind of uh, roll back the clock a little bit and tell us where you got your start so people have some uh, footing Context. to stand on. Context. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't know, that was the uh, if this was a video podcast, mm-hmm. there'd be fog over Matt now as he explains his past. <laughs> I see. Well, if we if we get in the, the way back machine, uh, I kind of started my automotive stuff at Celine, high performance Mustang. Uh, company and heard uh, uh, and all could have been owned by a nicer guy from what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. There Said you go. with sarcasm yeah. or just to say, yeah. nope, no editorialization. Just I say, okay. I've heard what a no, my lovely, my lovely unpaid internship there was great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. can't do those anymore, but that's all right. And then, uh, you know, I kind of strayed away from automotive for a while, got my engineering degree, did some nuclear, did some rockets, and then, um, you like how he just glosses over the nuclear and rockets? Like both of those are legit. <laughs> and I want to know, like, was it? It's not nearly as important as the nuclear stuff, rockets, right? or did he separate them to throw us off the scent? No, it's funny they are separated. They're nuclear and, and rockets. rockets. Yes, yeah. tell us about the nuclear. There are also uh, uh, nuclear on like Mars and stuff, so I did get to see some of that too. But I, I worked at uh, Diablo Canyon. The, oh, uh, the yeah. last remaining nuclear power the, plant uh, in the state of California. The two gigawatts of power, the, uh, uh, the uh, states. It's in the news uh, right now. Yes, the uh, state's overlord, uh, Newsom, wants to shut that's down right. while needing 18 gigawatts to uh, put all the cars on the grid. So. Uh, interestingly, he was actually the one pushing for it kind of in the 11th hour to keep it going because he kind of recognized that. Uh, Oops. <laughs> yeah. Where's all this uh, deficit going to come from? So they just uh, signed a 10-year extension. Oh, is that uh, done now? I knew they were talking about it. I hadn't heard the uh, the dispo. I'm pretty on sure. It. I'm pretty sure it's far enough along and got approved enough that it's gonna it's gonna happen. And uh, glorious PG and E is gonna get a, uh, you know, like 1.4 billion or something to keep that thing going for another 10 years. And meanwhile, SoCal Edison and the San Onofre plant is going. Hey, we what happened? To that <laughs> so Matt, having worked there, we're gonna take this that you're talking about the nuclear thing. We're talking about you know with these rolling brownouts in California, and I'm sure this is happening in other states with heat waves and such. They're saying, all right, you know, we're going to go electric vehicles in 2035 or whatever the date is. How do we get that power? Where does that power come from? And like, yeah, we're going to make great a great question. There's, we, it's not going to come from wind, and it sure it ain't going to come from solar. So where does it come from? If they're going to do away well, with the I nuclear mean, plants? Yeah, if if you want clean, I guess I'll say carbon-free energy, it's it's nuclear, solar, and wind. And then I mean, there's other stuff like there's a. Uh, 
there's tide generation yeah. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it's going to bring up tidal, but but none of that stuff. Yeah. The, the problem is, is that none of it's efficient enough. You have to cover up so much land. In California, they're making, they're disincentivizing now, at least the utilities are, people putting solar panels on the roof. Because it seems like if you force everybody to put a solar panel on the roof, you wouldn't have to, or subsidize it, you wouldn't have to cover up like huge swaths of open land to do it. Yeah, it's, it's against the interest of the you know, of PG&E and SoCal Edison. Of course. And, and the, the tier rates and the way <laughs> you connect. Which is also why, yeah, you get, you know, you sell energy back to them at a fraction of what you buy it. Or you're my neighbor, and my neighbor who's like Mr. Super EV electrical engineer head guy, Jack, he basically built enough solar at his house where he can be completely off the grid. He's got batteries, he's got panels, and he can charge four cars. And he's just sitting there every day like, ha he actually yeah. tried to get off of the meter, and they told him no. Really? Yeah. Wow. And they take – I can't remember. So the, the rate at which he can sell power back, all that's changed now. So, like, there's not even really a, a, a good way to do that because, uh, like you said, it's against the uh, the utility's best interest. So, Well, having worked at uh, Diablo Canyon, a nuclear plant, which I'm guessing very few of our audience has any personal experience with, how safe is it uh, and, and the concerns, in your opinion – the, the people screaming that this is so dangerous and we're all going to die with the radioactivity and where do they put all this waste? Like, is that a real concern in your opinion? So, yeah, I mean, there there are some valid concerns, but there's a ton of safety in place. The Nuclear Regulatory Commission, the NRC, is is this huge oversight body and there's there's just so much safety involved in it. We've, you know, we had Three Mile Island, which is the closest event that happened in in the, the U.S., except for the atomic pile up in the Santa Susana Pass in the 50s. Um, but other than that, you know, we've been operating nuclear power plants for, what, 60 years or something like that. And Well, um, look at all the aircraft carriers and submarines and all that yeah, kind of stuff. And, that know, no issues. Some of the countries in Europe, like yeah. France, are, you know, very heavily invested in nuclear power. There's a lot of interesting stuff happening in the space, too. There's, there's new designs coming out that are much safer, so you can't have the same type of failures you had at places like Fukushima where the you know the, the reactor head is going to like basically end up in a cooled state in event of a failure of reactor coolant pumps or heat exchangers or something like that so there's some better designs and there's some big money being pumped into it by people like our great overlord uh, Bill Gates so I have a sticker that says know. Gates isn't my overlord yeah you know. <laughs> So you'll see some interesting stuff coming out in the next couple of years on that. I, d- I don't think we're going to have a lot of choice but to adopt more nuclear if we want to support yeah. initiatives. Yeah, I think like the, the no, agenda that's no being pushed, right? Cars. Yeah, exactly. I think uh, the agenda that's being pushed is going to require uh, substantial upgrade uh, to the grid in terms but, of but power how, generation. How does, without getting too political here, how do the people that are saying, let's go to electrification in all vehicles by 2035, where do they think it's coming they, from? They, they, they don't. It's well, off, off in the future. It's in the future. It's a great yeah, talking point right now. And like I said yeah. before, if they were serious about it, you would be able to have 200 chargers at every apartment complex around here. But that's not the point. They want to put you in high-density housing, and then they want to get you onto public transportation. They don't want you to have a car. And the reality is, is that the farmers... And the guys out with, you know, combines, just like, oh, go plug the combine in, right? You've got over-the-road truckers where if you're not last-mile delivery, fuel cell makes way more sense than, you know, than uh, the pure battery for the uh, the long-haul truckers. And then you've got, you know, lots of people where batteries isn't going to work for their situation. And, and as I've said before, 
if it's your commuter, your extra car, even your primary car, and you never go outside a hundred mile radius from your house, you'll be fine. Especially if, if you have a home charger and you can charge at work, like it'll work for you. But for a lot of us truck guys who are using vehicles to tow and haul and and drive a thousand miles in a day and go on an adventure, or go off the grid, or not enough power density. No, we don't have that yet. That's not going to work for for people like us. And they're not. They don't care about people like us. They care about you know utopia and all this other stuff. It's just. If they also so, care, they so would. If you want a, if you want a real unpopular opinion, I have a, I have a theory that probably by around like, twenty thirty five, twenty forty, it will be illegal to drive in most cities. Yeah, France has already tried to do that in, uh, in uh, there's, Paris. There's some, some, yeah, there's some places in Europe. There's a few towns, some older towns that have banned within the city center. I think they'll and try. I think you're going to see that catch I, on, and I think it's going to be autonomous vehicles. Well, that's that the other thing. We've talked gap. about, yeah, we've talked about on this show how what happens with your dumb car and the autonomous vehicle, you do have to put a transponder to tell the autonomous vehicles that you're a dumb car so it recognizes you on the road. But <laughs> here's my unpopular opinion uh, back at you. Well, there's two things. I, d- <laughs> I don't think that's... You're lobbying <laughs> dumb ideas back yeah, at you? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> I don't think that that's going to happen with the autonomous cars for one major reason. I'll explain that in a second. And I think that there's going to be such significant pushback because it goes against the liberties of every American uh, and the ability to travel unimpeded and go where you need to go and all that kind of stuff. I, I can see the push happening. I can't see it actually manifesting. But the biggest thing is we're at least 30 years, in my opinion, away from truly autonomous cars where they can take away the steering wheel and it's just a, a pod that comes and picks you up. The reason being is we haven't figured out liability yet. And we've talked about this on the show. If, if you're a Mercedes-Benz pod customer and you're a you know, Ford pod customer, in the algorithm in the car is determined by the manufacturer. Do you save your customer that buys a new expensive pod every year or do you save the pedestrian or the other car that you're about to hit if there's no way for the two computers to have an algorithm that avoids a fatal collision? Who lives and who dies? And are we willing to put that in the hands of a computer algorithm when that hasn't been figured out? And then who's liable? What's insurance going to look like? And I think that that's where the government's going to step in. Yeah, they're, they're going to meet and say that in this in situation A, this happens. In situation B, that happens. It's going to take a long and time to get there. I think and you're, you're right. going you're gonna to find somebody do a calculation that says even with that happening, it still is going to result in fewer deaths. Right, because they they want they want to get to a uh, a zero sum game, and they're they're probably never going to be a zero sum game in our lifetime. When it comes to that kind of stuff, uh, vehicles aren't on rails. You know, they can drive freely. I think you mean zero death, not zero sum game. No, I I mean zero. Like, yeah, but same thing. Like, it's just there's we're not going to get to a point where it's there are. It's like COVID. You're never going to get to zero. You can you can use these powers to put in all these laws and try and control people and all that kind of stuff, but you're never going to reach zero. It's not going to happen. And you're not going to reach zero deaths on the road by letting a computer take over. I mean, I think it's just going to come down to to law. I mean, look at seatbelts. People fought seatbelts for a long time and it's a law. Seatbelts aren't, aren't restricting my ability to move freely throughout the country either. Yeah. You'd probably find people formulate an argument that said you could keep, a vehicle outside of a city and do whatever. Oh, oh they hear them. I, I, I hear them. They're coming after him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, hey, gotta go, Matt. Sorry. Uh, good luck in the clink. <laughs> well, it'll it'll be interesting. I, I think. Uh, I think. Uh, I, I we'll put a we'll put a line in the sand at twenty forty, and I'll bet you a gas station pizza that it happens. <laughs> <laughs> 
That works. Good yeah, callback. I like it. Right there. I like okay, so, well done, sir. so Matt spent some time at Diablo Canyon Nuclear Facility, and then he moved on. Was it right after that into Rocketdyne? Yeah, pretty much. I, I, I got my engineering degree from uh, Cal Poly on the Central Coast, and uh, yeah, then into Rocketdyne, uh, launching Delta IV, uh, unmanned rockets, big big old satellites. So the uh, chief engineer of Delta IV is uh, a close family friend of mine, or the former chief engineer of Delta IV, who uh, is uh, probably my, like my second dad. There's a heavy going out of uh, Vandenberg on the 24th. Those are awesome so, to watch. What are you saying? Absolutely. The Delta IV heavy is uh, three, three boosters strapped together with a very large payload on the top of it, and Vandenberg Air Force Base on the central coast of California. We'll that, uh... That. That toy you have in your uh, dresser drawer that's hidden under all your stuff uh-huh. looks like one of those. <laughs> 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 You're saying, oh, that's not my drawer. That's yeah. the wife's drawer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> you don't so, know how to move on from that, do you? Well, no, I do. I do. Yeah. What is the, the – uh, I was. I want to ask what the payload is, but it's hard coming out of what you just said and saying the word payload. Uh-huh. What is yeah. – what's strapped What kind of payload are you delivering? What's uh-huh. strapped to the head of the rocket that is yeah. so heavy? <laughs> wow. <laughs> And, uh, and you'll like this one because the, uh, the extra boosters on the side are referred to as strap-ons. They are. <laughs> yeah. How many how many stages are you uh, all of them? <laughs> yeah. Good times. So is it a satellite? What are they doing? What are they yeah, yeah, to? satellite. It's an NRO mission. National, National Reconnaissance Office. Office. Yep. Lightning so, gave the uh, perplexed look when you said NRO. So NRO yeah. is, is – so they're spying on us is what you're saying. Yes. They're, they're the ones yeah, who are going to turn I've been the. For a while, buddy. Hate to, hate to break it to you. They're going to yeah. be the ones turning the autonomous cars on and off with over-the-air updates. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. It is <laughs> wild. The uh, the cameras that they have up there, they can see a matchbox car on the ground fairly clearly. Like if you have a, if your kids in a sandbox no, 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 playing no, with you, matchbox you, car, no, no, his, no. his little uh, Tonka. Do you know how good the cameras are? I, I mean, I know they're at least that good. They can see your single car garage in Long Beach. That's how good they are. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Good night. <laughs> hey, Holman's going to be here all week. Keep your waitress. Try <laughs> the meal. Right. So you're you're at Rocketdyne and you're doing heavy stuff. And then you at, at what point do you go? Hey, I, I like cars. I I love hot rods, and I'm going to get into uh, vehicles. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've been. That's so why I went and got an engineering degree. Was because I wanted to build hot rods, design design cars, stuff like that. So kind of chase some other stuff and chase some some uh, some better pay for a little while right out of school and then couldn't get away from my passion and um, you know c- connections and and uh, and people knowing people is kind of everything so a buddy of mine from my days at Celine uh, was the uh, VP of engineering at Edelbrock and reached out to me and said hey why don't you come over here and design cylinder heads for us made the switch and was at Edelbrock for going on nearly about 10 years there. All right, name uh, three cylinder heads that our uh, listeners might have on their truck that were directly influenced by you. Uh, well, I designed the Gen 3 Hemi head. So there's probably quite a few Rams out there uh, with 5.7s and 6.4s. Uh, I did that one. Uh, Jeeps, I did the 4-liter Jeep head. Um that's home and seal of approval. Right that's, that's, that was a good yeah. head. That was uh-huh. the, that old four liter was a great engine, and all it oh, needed yeah. to do was breathe a little bit more. Didn't go too extreme with it either, you know. And uh, it just it just needed a little little better chamber, uh, a little bit more efficient ports in it, and uh, drop about thirty pounds off of it from being cast iron. So that that thing really woke up. So that that if uh, if there was a really good performance manifold to go with it. 
that would be top notch. We did some dyno testing with some stuff that you mean like the banks manifold the headers. No, no, that... no, not the not the no. not the exhaust. I'm talking about intake. intakes. Oh, intake. intake. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. No, the banks exhaust is paired up with the banks exhaust. That's a carb EO legal head and a carb EO legal exhaust. So you're you're sitting good there, but there's no there's no good intake to go with it. Womp, and we womp. we tested like a yeah we tested a like a welded up manifold in the dyno that would never fit under a hood. It was like an extra 14 inches of runner or so, and the it was like 30 foot pounds of torque. I just love that. Oh my god! Oh yeah, that, that's yeah. super torquey engine with the right mods. Yep. All right, one more that uh, that our listeners would appreciate. Uh, LS7 stuff. So if there's any, uh, you know, there's a lot of LS stuff out there. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, that was a pretty fun gig. I got to learn a lot about castings and uh, now at what point high performance engines. And such. Well, when people don't realize Edelbrock had a, has casting facilities here in Southern California, so they were yep. doing their own stuff and and you know their own foundry, all that. It's pretty uh, pretty amazing. And they do a lot of stuff for other companies. That oh, you don't know about. P- pretty amazing yeah. operation, even within the last ten years. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Vic Vic built that foundry in the uh, late '90s, early 2000s. Uh, out in San Jacinto, out in the kind of the desert out there. And yeah, started, you know, kind of try to take his destiny into his own hands as he'd done for a long time. And it's a pretty nice foundry. So what did you do that made Edelbrock want to leave you behind? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Good is, is, this, yeah, is this conversation not enough to, to give you the evidence? <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, we lost Vic a number of years ago, four or five years ago. And um, the private equity group that... Uh, that owned Edelbrock, um, also purchased the the Comp Group, the Comp Cams and TCI, and you know several Lunati, a few other brands in there, and kind of merged those two companies together, and uh, has mostly at this point moved everything out to to Comp's facilities in the the Mississippi and and Memphis area. I, I wasn't making that move. Yeah, he's a, he's a California guy. Yeah, no, I, I respect that. I mean, as, think of all the times. As much as it sucks right now, as hot as it is. But, oh yeah. You know, I feel like I'm in the south at the moment. But. Yeah, it's humid and hot, and except mm-hmm. we have wildfires uh, burning right now, so the sky is <laughs> orange on top of all of it. But yeah. uh, no, I, I get that. I, I love the south, but it's not where I want to live. I, I'm you know born and raised here in Southern California, and you know I've had lots of friends move, and it sucks. But this is uh, this is home. Oh, you get to visit. Hey, the uh, other yeah. uh, fifty you know weeks a year, it's pretty nice here. Mm-hmm. You end up at uh, at Banks, and you're brought in to— Well, he didn't end up at Banks unless he just—somebody dropped him well, off, like the rendition van pushed him out in front well, of it. And said, maybe the maybe the proper segue is the the one of the last heads I designed there, which is the Duramax head. Yeah, okay. Oh, okay. I, I was figuring that somebody took pity on you, threw you in the back of the van with a uh, pillowcase, <laughs> and then uh, pushed you out in front of uh, the Azusa campus of uh, Banks, uh, Gail Banks Engineering— with a note on you that said, won't move to the South, please rehome. <laughs> please uh, rehome. Well, how, how honest do we want to be here? So Matt developed this Duramax head and said, well, I made this really awesome head, and it's not really, a, not really an Edelbrock thing. We're not known for diesel, right? So they came over one afternoon and said, hey, would you like to team up on this on this head? And I think at that point, um, we, we saw stars in his eyes, and um, <laughs> and our cheeks turned red, and we fell in love. And collectively, yeah. and I think at that yeah, point, I, I got to meet Gail. That was the first time I ever met Gail, and uh, you know, he's he's been around the hot rod industry a long time. He's a legend, so you know, it's kind of longer than uh, I, Jay's I'm, been I'm alive. Into, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm into vintage hot rods. I've got a bunch of old cars, and you know, getting to meet one of the guys who's been around it is the entire time it's existed, pretty much. You know, it's, what are the old cars awesome. that you have, 
And out of the ones that you have, which was the one that you told Gail about that he gravitated towards? I thought you were going to ask the question, which one runs? <laughs> <laughs> no. Let's see. I've got a 29 Model A Roadster pickup, a, a 30 Model A Phaeton, a, a 32 Rockney three-window coupe. Um, You're going yeah. to ding them all? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, they're all awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm uh, like the uncle on, uh, has, on Breaking has, Bad. On. He hasn't got to, yeah. the, to my favorite, which is the couch, <laughs> the yeah. floating couch. The fifth. 56 Ford uh, F800 on a 99 Chevy 2500 chassis. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Uh, 57 Oldsmobile. That was my high school car. Um, <laughs> <Only> one ding. <laughs> is it a, uh, is uh, it a 442? Uh, no, that was before the 442. Give him a, a buzz. It's, a, it's an Oldsmobile. Oh, really? oh man. Yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> he, he only gets one ding because it was his high school car and he kept it. So I got he gets yeah. props for that. Okay. Yeah. Hey, you wouldn't be well, looking. Wait, he's not done yet. Well, hold on. But I feel like there's something missing as he's going through the dates. You wouldn't be looking for a uh, 67 to 72 Ford F100 that you uh, doesn't run either. He already what, has access to that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I many. Do, yeah, I think I know like, where that is. Yeah. Like, like many, he's chosen to <laughs> not do anything with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it would be in good company with the ones at his house, apparently. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. What else? We got a. Uh, oh, Jay's, Jay's favorite is the 67 uh, Buick station wagon. Because it uh, literally. known as the flying couch. It's the flying couch because. It it is the softest ride ever, and it hauls balls. It's the it's the funniest thing. Like we'll carpool to work every once in a while because he's a Long Beach guy, and I'll hop in. It's it. There's no it's like pan, a marshmallow. There's, there's no interior panels, so it's loud as hell. Like it's just it rattles mm. and all that good stuff, right? <laughs> but when we're cruising in the fast lane and we get some guy, especially coming home on the freeway because there's not much traffic. And he just lays into it, and people are like, "What's that sound coming from?" And it just we just pull, it just it it just it's it blows a, people. It's away. got LS in it. Yeah, it's got LS in it, and it's got upgraded suspension and all that. So it it handles good, but it's also soft. It's got the original bench seat in it. Like it's a it's a blast, and it's my daily. So. Yeah, his girlfriend won't allow him to put um, uh, buckets <laughs> in it. She's she likes the bench. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yep. <laughs> Although it makes, it, what else? it makes we got more you know, cars still. Handling with uh, you on the carpool oh, kind of oh, lane. You know what's funny? It's so he took. Oh, it actually slid dude, toward you, dude. He took a right hand <laughs> turn coming off. That's the, why I wanted the buckets. Yeah, exactly. No joke. So <laughs> we come off. You know the strip. I, we come off at Irwindale exit. Oh and, yeah. And he hangs a hard right, yeah. and they go sliding right in like we're dating. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just sitting right next to. Him. Luckily, he's got this little pillow type armrest thing, and I that stopped me. But yeah. otherwise, we would have been hip to hip. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys carpooled since? Uh, no. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, he's got to ride in the back now. <laughs> <laughs> With the uh, the backward seats. Oh, dude, and, and rumbles. There's, there's a lot of room back there because when we were building Lockjaw last year, Matt slept in the back for a couple of nights. That, that seems fair. Yeah. 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 All right. It worked. Uh, tell us about what you think your job is at Banks. As recently as this afternoon, <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it changes quite frequently. But I, yeah. I think that your dream has partially been realized. But there's a lot of things that you still want to do. I think you, oh, yeah. you were yeah, brought I mean, in. There's to, lots of interesting stuff out there, right? So, you know, try, try not to let too much of the flashy stuff catch my eye. But yeah, I, I'm the I'm the engine program manager, and uh, my my primary job that I came over to, to helm was to design, build, and manufacture uh, Duramax-based turnkey engines. The engine in Lockjaw is our 
is our very first one. It's our stage one turnkey engine, which is a 6.6 liter Duramax based engine with a uh, 3.8 liter Whipple positive displacement supercharger on it. But let's be honest, it's not ready for the prime time if uh, Lightning was able to break it. Yeah, well, you know, he's a, he's a special guy. Yeah. You should see his look from across the table right now. No, no, well, I mean, I we, we talked about it on the last episode, and I said we probably wouldn't share it beyond that because we, Banks doesn't typically share stuff like that. Um, you know, normally we, we get all the kinks out, right? And the, and I was the kink maker. Yeah, well, in, in, engineering is a engineering is a process, and uh, you know you go through you you design, you build, you test, you iterate. Yeah, I forced we're, iteration. We're in the <laughs> we're in the test and, and iterate phase right now. You know, yeah. you know, go, going back to 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 rockets. You know, there's quite a few rockets that get blown up before you go to space. Or in, uh, engine in, and, in Lightning's case, no rocket that ever goes to space. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, they might send me up just to get rid of me. It's no, I just point. mean your model rockets. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I'm not into model rockets. Did you ever do that as a kid? Mm, I mean, I bought the was Etco or Etsy or Etz, Estes. Estes. Yeah. Right, Estes. Yeah. Uh, once. And it's because you didn't want to set the center of gravity with the string when you went in a circle, and so it was all wobbly, huh? <laughs> no, I don't remember what happened. I wasn't super into it. You put one one of the, uh, like, triple Ds or something in it and blew it up? I mean, you know a lot more about this than I do. Why are you harassing me? I burned one up. <laughs> Yeah. I burned one up on the uh, launch pad once. I'm sure you did. It was awesome and sad at the same time. Sounds like your sex life. How would you know? <laughs> burned one up on the launch pad. Wow. Not, it sounds like a euphemism. <laughs> it's not a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use that next time. Honey, I burned one of the launch pad. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you, you would have burned one up in the vehicle assembly building. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You didn't even get out to the launch pad. <laughs> uh, so, Matt, I, I wanted you to explain to the audience... What are the difficulties that we faced supercharging a, a Duramax engine? Because for the last year or so, maybe more, talking about Lockjaw, we, we just I feel like I've been flipping about it. Like, oh, oh, it's a supercharger on a, on a Duramax. It's not that easy because every Duramax that anyone's ever seen has a turbocharger on it. And there's a, yeah. probably a reason for that. So can you explain to Holman why it's so significant <laughs> that a supercharger is difficult? Say it real slow. Mongo not understand forced induction. Yeah, so so you know, supercharger is the type we're using. The the uh, you know Whipple dual rotor setup is it's a positive displacement pump. So that thing is it's moving a lot of air. Any time it's turning, uh, you know, unlike a turbo, there's there's no quote unquote turbo lag that goes along with it. You just got all this air getting crammed into the engine from the moment you fired up. You got to deal with a lot of air. You're gonna you're gonna have to add fuel, a lot of fuel as it comes in. To get all the fuel on the top end, you need bigger ejectors, and you got to manage it on the bottom end. It's a big balance in there. And then there's there's heat rejection you got to worry about, uh, especially at idle. Um, those positive displacement superchargers like to have a a bypass on them so that you don't develop a lot of pressure ratio at low speed. Pressure ratio at low speed generates a lot of heat. Uh, and heat is, uh, you know, not not good for power, uh, not good for keeping parts alive. Heat, heat management is another big, big aspect of it. But we get some advantages. It's it's pretty incredible looking for one. Uh, and Holman, if you've heard the, the the videos of it, or I don't know if you've seen it in person yet and heard it run. But, oh yeah. Um, man, it, it 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 revs so fast compared to any Duramax I've ever heard. 
Which is how diesel. Jay was able to get to 9,000 RPM while sitting still. <laughs> no, I didn't do yeah. 9,000. I never took it over like 3,600. All right, I've got the data logs, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> did I get to four? <laughs> what did I push it uh, to? Really, we'll, though? We'll talk, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Now, hold on a second. If, if, that's, if you're saying I got past four, then that means the Motec's wrong. No, I don't think it got past four. Okay. But you were up there. But he double-clutched you, you it while were, he was up there, were, huh? You were having fun. I was making noise. I'll tell you that for damn sure. Yeah, it is. It is a, a very, very, very loud. It's loud in a way that doesn't come across on video. And I've told this Holman a few times, both on and off air, is that it's not just the volume. It's the the resonance is. It's not. I can't describe it as shrill, but it's it's metallic because of the five inch exhaust. It's piercing in a way that I haven't felt before. I've been to NHRA. Holman's been to NHRA with top fuel cars. And that's a rumble that goes through your body. But this is like a, a an interesting metallic pop that's just, it crackles and it's piercing. And when you're sitting in the cab, you feel it going through your head. Do you feel like you are a dolphin and you are hearing everything in the big... That's a great analogy. Yes. Your, your brain knows thing that uh, hears all the sounds. Yes. I feel like I'm, I'm not a biologist. I'm hearing it in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Straight so, textbook there. So, yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm all about the layman, you know, Matt. I, is, I try and uh, distill complicated subjects into uh, things that the common man can understand. As long as I understand it, he's good. So <laughs> yeah. why? Wh- what does positive displacement mean? In that, are there superchargers that are not positive displacement? Would that be like a, a clutched pulley where... It's no, it's not like actually... a, a centrifugal, a centrifugal style supercharger, um, like a like a Vortec or something like that. It's basically a akin to a, a belt driven turbo turbocharger. Yeah, yeah. But so if it's belt driven, types of pumps. But, well, hold, hold on a second, cowboy. If if it's belt driven, <laughs> now when you slid into him in his uh, in his big station wagon, did you also call him cowboy? <laughs> I, I, no, yeah. I didn't. <laughs> Yeehaw! <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. If a if a centrifugal supercharger is connected to the belt. It connected to the crankshaft. It's what if always it's connected spinning. to the knee bone? It's not. Okay. But it is also always boosting, right? So that would be positive displacement. So I'm confused. No, not not exactly. It, it gets pretty deep into pump design and pump science. And, and uh, basically, like, positive displacement pumps are kind of like... I'll, I'll try to distill it down to, like a, like, a sealed design. Like, every time it rotates, it displaces a certain volume, like, always... And a centrifugal or a turbo is like trading velocity for pressure. Now, I'm, I'm confused at Lightning's lack of awareness of this because clearly his degree was in uh, pump displacement <laughs> science. And yeah. so I've, I actually why we do the show is that was the one area that I was weakest in. Mm. And so I thought if Lightning and I were able to team up, he could fill in those voids. And I'm, I'm shocked that he wasn't able to do it on this fill one. Fill in the voids with yeah. pump science. Yes. Is what you're saying? Yeah. What is happening on this show? <laughs> we're punchy tonight. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Matt, Matt should come in in studio. He'd be a lot of fun. I, I mean, we're talking about rockets with payloads and pump science and all this. <laughs> and <wow>. cowboys. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. What's happening and here? positive displacement. Yeah. yeah. Hold on a second. Okay. I have yeah. a... Uh, wait. Well, maybe it's a good time for me to mention that uh, parents with small children listening uh, might want to be aware that this particular talk is intended for a, a more mature audience. Yeah. Uh, thank so you. Thank you for that uh-huh. warning. <laughs> We've got the Whipple on there, 3.8 liter positive displacement yep. supercharger, and what was happening and what will happen. So we were suffering from a heat issue, right? And then how did yeah, we, we solve it? Yeah, we were getting some heat from a, 
Diesels are different than gas engines, which is where you typically find people are most used to seeing positive displacement pumps. Of course, you know, Detroit diesel engines, a 671 supercharger is from a Detroit diesel originally, positive displacement pumps on a diesel. It's not a new thing, but it's just, it's, it hasn't been common for, you know, decades. You know, throwing this Whipple on there, when, when, you, when you have a gas engine, you've got a throttle. And, and that's metering your airflow into the engine. And then you mix a certain amount of fuel with it to get your air fuel ratio. With a diesel, you don't have a throttle uh, and you're basically controlling the engine with fuel. That, that's kind of an added little difference between the two that we had to work around. And initially we didn't have a bypass in the, the intake manifold system. So we got a, a pretty big crank pulley on this thing to spin that blower up because you know we're, we're only we're, we're talking about 4,000 rpm of crank speed right so to get that that blower up into its sweet spot you need a lot of, of pulley ratio and I think we, so, we that that sweet spot was around what 22,000 rpm I, I mean that'd be great if we could get that I don't think our I think our pulley ratio is is closer to four to one right now the real issue with the heat was the the we're spinning it fairly fast at idle, and we're making a lot of positive pressure or boost at, at idle, and that's creating a lot of pressure ratio across the blower, which means blower inlet pressure versus blower outlet pressure. But when that gets high, when the outlet pressure gets high relative to the inlet, then you start to generate a lot of heat. So, so when you're talking about you've got some heat in it, what you're talking about is the air coming out of the blower into the intake of the engine being hot because it just got compressed and there might not be enough thermal management with an intercooler circuit to kind of pull some of that heat out at idle because you're spinning the, uh, the uh, supercharger not, not so fast. Not only that, but the, you know, pumps, pumps all have an efficiency range that they're designed for. And when they operate outside of their peak efficiency range, the trade-offs that you get are generally like noise and heat, a little bit of noise, a lot of heat. So we were outside of the efficiency range sitting in idling or doing like a you know, low speed, low load cruise and generating a lot of heat. So that was soaking back into the parts like the blower and um, you know, it basically exceeding the, the thermal limits that we needed to, to, to manage in the engine. So basically the heat's looking for a place to go and it's ending up heat soaking the part like as if it were a heat sink and then it can't dissipate that heat fast enough because so much more heat's coming and then you get to the design limits of the alloy or the case and you get cracks or you get fatigue or or fa- failure or, or, or bearings get with, too high yeah or, 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 yeah or you end up with tolerance issues right there's there's tight tolerances in these blowers and in the engine you know all over the place so the differences in thermal expansion that you get as temperatures change so if the rotor uh, is a different temp than the case you may have a self-clearancing rotor, which would be bad. Generally not a thing that you <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this is this is like basically the the first version of this setup where you have a supercharger in place of the turbos. You guys have discussed in the past having a turbocharged version of the engine or even a super turbo. So where do you go now and, and what are the challenges of doing a crate engine that has a supercharger and turbos working together? I, I guess, the, in theory, if you look at some of the OE applications over the years, Volkswagen's had a super turbo. There's been some other companies in the history of automotive where the idea was you can put a larger turbo on it because you can use the supercharger to supplement the low RPMs where the turbos take over on the high RPMs and then you don't get turbo lag. 
what's the strategy and why would you want a super turbo setup? So, so you have been paying attention in pump science class. <laughs> I'm not as dumb as I look. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's the general idea of it is that you get a, a positive displacement pump that fills in air in the bottom end and then helps build uh, inlet pressure for the, the turbocharger to, to kind of pick things up a little bit faster. You fill in the bottom end of the torque curve and then you still get that really ridiculous top end. Just the systems get start to get very complicated and you know i would for, imagine for plumbing as well as thermal management with all those pumps yeah, working right thermal management was where i was going to go next and um you know everyone talks about charge air coolers and refers to them as intercoolers but you know with a super turbo an intercooler you, you actually have a true intercooler and in that you'll have a, a heat exchanger between the supercharger and the, the turbocharger and then you'll have an aftercooler uh, after the turbocharger so you you want to carefully manage all of that that thermal and, I guess uh, I'll stop you right there really quick, too. I guess that's probably a very good distinction for people listening, the difference between a true intercooler. It's inter. Right, which is between your supercharger bolts to an intercooler, which bolts to the intake of the engine, for example. Uh, it might be like on, a, I guess, uh, a Subaru WRX that has the hood scoop feeding the boxer. I guess that would be an intercooler, right, versus a Ram Cummins that has a charge air cooler or a CAC or what Mike Cairns, the chief engineer of Ram, what's called his low-hanging cack. Uh, I swear to God, <laughs> yeah. true story. Um, hilarious, lots of laughs in that room. But uh, basically that would be a charge air cooler where you are taking uh, heat out of the air pre engine and trying to add air density through temperature, right? Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you really Ish. want to get really technical, they're, they're all charge air coolers, right? Like they're all, if charge air is moving through it, it's like it's all Raptors heat exchanger. are F-150s, but not all F-150s are Raptors. Yes, that's yeah. true. Every, Boom. Every, every square is a rectangle. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Mind blown. Hold on a second. I have to. So what will it take to, ma- what will it take to manage that handoff other than mechanically? What electronically, how do you manage that handoff between the supercharger and the turbos? That's one of the things that Matt's going to have to figure out because. Well, that's, uh, that's the secret sauce, right? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, right. that's where the, therein lies the crux, right? It's like, you got to figure out how to manage that system. You don't want the, you got a lot of heat management to do. You've got you've got a lot of different uh, pressures in the system. You, you don't want supercharger getting in the way of turbochargers on the top end, so you got to size things right. There's a lot of work that's going to go into it. It's it's going to be a big challenge, and uh, you know, in order to 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 sell it as a, as a consumer turnkey engine, we're going to spend a lot of time designing it and then perfecting it to get it right, so that whoever buys that thing can go out and rev it up to their heart's content. How do you, how do you feel that we're doing on that as far as uh, getting this thing to market? The engine in Lockjaw is the the prototype of the, the stage one freight engine, the supercharged Duramax. So that's you know that's coming along. We built that truck pretty fast. We built that engine pretty fast, leading up to to SEMA last year in 2021, and uh, now it's putting some time on the engine and you know working through the, the tune and again making sure that all our thermal management um, and our fuel management is correct so that uh you know it's it's essentially a trouble-free i mean in, in reality turnkey engine you know put put fuel to it put electricity to it and go so we're, we're cranking along we're not you know nothing ever goes as fast as you'd like kind of like the show 
<laughs> no. For four hours a week, we uh, we bring uh, hot hitting topics like uh, super versus turbocharging with one of the uh, industry's leading engineers who used to make rockets. Yeah, there you go. I mean, uh, it's on its way. I know it's not as fast as you'd like, Jay, but we'll, we're going to get there. I do think we're going to get there because it's something that Matt came aboard to accomplish. Um, he's also wanting to race, so we're we're going to go racing. I think that's pretty cool. But he's also working on some military projects that how do we talk about them without talking about them? Because I think they're worthy of mentioning, but we can't violate any contracts. So how do we... I think, I think that was it. I think you just I did think it. That, yeah, I was going to say, really? you, you pretty much covered it. You didn't leave him anything on the bone to, uh, to talk about. <laughs> Banks has a division that builds engines under contract for military vehicles. So the end. I, I, I want to I explain something to, to a lot of people that don't know this. So Banks Power, so there's Gale Banks Engineering. That's the mothership. Then under that is Banks Power and Banks Technologies. Banks Power has the engineers. They have mechanical engineers, electrical engineers, fabricators, the whole thing. Hundred and some odd employees on that division. That's my division. And a lot of it is aftermarket and a lot of it is military occasionally. And then we have Banks Technologies that is, they have some engineers, but it's mainly the assembly plant for the military engines. So a guy like Matt, who might, on one day, he's working on the turnkey engine and assisting some guys with uh, head development or, or uh, ram air intake development or whatever it might be. And then, and then the other couple of days of the week, he's working on a military project that we can't talk about. That So it's like the engineers that design you, the products that you're going to bolt on your truck are the same engineers that are designing military engines that have to go uh, 400 hours at full throttle. So the guys on the battlefield survive an attack. I, I don't know. How do you feel about that scenario? Does, does designing military engines make you feel good? Like, I mean, you're, you're potentially saving lives. Well, yeah, you know, my, my background is, is, you know, all the, the rocket stuff we talked about is it's uh that Delta four rocket, as you know, Holman has supported the military for you know many, many years and launched many, many couple decades satellites. now. Yeah. Yeah. Decades. Yeah. I mean, it's close to the end of life on the Delta four, unfortunately, but um, you know, I've been, I've been doing, stuff to support the warfighter for you know most of my career so be able to do it on the vehicle side now um it's pretty fun and it's a, and it's a different challenge you know it's a different set of parameters than uh designing an engine to to work on the street and you know maybe go fast down the quarter mile or something like that so it's a whole another unique architecture that you got to design for and different set of parameters you got to keep in mind so yeah it's it's pretty fun so what is when you finally get a little free time from uh, building things for warfighters and uh, fending off questions from uh, lightning that could ruin NDAs? Uh, what's your next project How at home? You? What, what what vehicle are you hoping to get on the road next, or or big project that's been staring at you every time you walk outside? And you're like, that's the one that well, I'll... he's he's tried a twin turbo, the Buick. So that'll be fun. That's cool. So then we'll get to work even yeah. faster in the carpool lane. Yep, the Buick's about to get uh, some uh, upgraded brakes on it. Um, oh, he's doing some Willwoods on there. Nice. Willwoods are going on it. I've just. Uh, I got Willwoods. Yeah, I just tossed some. Uh, They're dusty. Some toyos. Some, some new toyos. Wait, on some, uh, well, hold some on. Wheels. That's legit, by the way. All right. That's not a plug. Well, That's well legit. He yeah. got some well toyos done. on yeah. there. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Great tires. And then I uh, got a nine inch ready to go in the back with a, a true track in it. Okay. Um, All so right. It's gonna be. It's gonna be able to handle the the power that I'm gonna throw at it when we use some of the the uh, banks. Uh, 
on center turbos on a on that LS. That's Will it. you rename it the Dragon Wagon? <laughs> I, I'll consider it. Okay. <laughs> I asked him if it had a nickname, and he said no. It never got a nickname. Well, I think Dragon Wagon. Dragon Wagon. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought, well, I thought the flying couch was it. I th- I mean, I just like the flying couch, but I think Dragon Wagon is pretty cool too. I gotta admit, <laughs> Holman has a gift that you don't know about. Holman <laughs> has a gift for coming up with license plates, vanity plates, uh, seven letters or less. He can do it. And then, as long as he didn't come up with the one on your Mercedes, uh, I did not. No, he did not. You I don't like not. it? <laughs> I don't even remember oh, which. What? See, now it finally. Comes I don't think out. I saw that one. It's German Rocket. Oh, that's yeah, dumb. I just- no one can figure it out. Because it sounds, because like it looks like Grumman rocket, right? But I'm like, it's. I didn't no. want to put a J because it's J. It's gee, it's German. Well, as soon yeah. as I say that, listen, and then you listen, see it, G R M N R K T rocket. Dude, the guy rocket. who worked on a program that was literally the most recent uh, actual lo- rocket program that came from Germans who came over here, uh-huh. and he, if he doesn't yeah. like it, you're out. <laughs> like, I think it's just time to throw that one away. Yeah, you're taking the wind out of his sails right now. I'm sure are. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want me to rename time. it for you? Rename the Mercedes? Yeah. And we'll get you a, a proper plate? I, if you came I up gave with you, something. I gave you a couple for the uh, Ram, but you didn't. You, it, uh, well, no. You you gave me one that I loved, Dust Devil, but I couldn't get it. Someone snaked yeah, me. Yeah, and by the way, they snaked, they snaked it. They snaked me by <laughs> six days. Yeah. Six days they yeah. got it. I gave you some other ones in there. Yeah, some other, some V8 Forever, things like that. A lot of the ones you gave me were can't I've been, use. I've been trying to get him to do one, Holman, that I want. What? I want him to get. I want him to get Bropar. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny. I yeah. like. The, okay, that's solid. You want to see if it's available? Well, that's I would solid. totally get it. Bropar. You know, I actually haven't looked at that one. Holman's going to look it up right I'll, now. I'll look he, it up. I'll look he's it right got up. it on a hotkey on his uh, Chrome browser right there. <laughs> no, I'm serious. He actually does. He looks yeah, these up just yeah. for fun. Yeah, yeah I, I just I I have this weird thing where I start thinking of license plates, and then in California you can run them online, and then I just do that. It's like it's sort of like a. Uh, like a cathartic end of the day, got nothing better to do, and I feel creative, and I want to know if somebody out there was as creative as me, and then it either ruins my day, or I'm like, ha, you didn't get that one. Dude, when, <laughs> when I got size small on the Mini Cooper- That's, That was a good one. I, I was- yeah, that was good. I was delighted. Now, my wife thinks I should put that on the uh, on the TRX. And I to- what did I tell you? You thought it was funny as I well. I thought it was funny. But, I mean, immediately, size smalls, that's wiener, right? I mean, how can that not be phallic, right? Well, are you are you turning wrenches right now, or, or what are you doing, that, Matt? It's loud. I told you it's laundry night. <laughs> see, okay. he's doing laundry. Those are uh, hangers yeah. clanking together. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. All right, let's see. I'm, right, I'm, he's I'm he's in, looking it up. I'm in the California DMV system right now. Now, see, Matt, this crossed over from interview to just now we're wasting your time. Right. <laughs> well, but but that's like anybody who spends time with the show. Yeah. Matt's not special just because he's a guest. We don't treat anybody. <laughs> we're equal opportunity. We don't treat anybody different. We have the heads of Ram, Jeep, <laughs> Ford, and GM. The heads of engineering, and we'll be we'll just bro out. All right, right. Yeah, verdict. I uh, bro B R. No way. B R O P A R. Not taken. I'm getting. Oh my it. god, you got to get bro par. Bro, right. bro par is in, dude. <laughs> bro par is in. I literally, I gave him. Dude, you should see the. Right, well, come up with the list. I know you got the list on your phone. All right, I, run some of these by. Some him. of these we'll have to bleep out because some of these I just did because it was it was Jay. Right, and so that that was. Hilarious to me when I made them up. All right. So, Matt, do we still have you? Okay, good. All right. So, here we go. Tell, tell me which one of these. Now, how much fabric softener are you using there, Matt? And which one? Is it gain? Are you gain guy? Yeah, gain. Okay, 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 okay. cool. Great. Yeah. Uh, how about this one? Raptor who? Not taken. 
No way. Yeah, R-P-T-R-W-H-O. You know what's funny about that is I think my buddy in Vegas has that same plate. Really? Yeah. Well, I, I, it's not taken in California. Okay, Raptor Who. Yeah, see, I just didn't, I feel like that was kind of cliche for Ram okay. owners. I, you know? Modern Fossil, M-D-R-N-F-S-L. No? Okay. No. Go Extinct, G-O-X-T-N-C-T. Again, again, it's the TRX. If, if guys okay, all right. Here's don't one, understand here's one, that this it's is a TRX, one, they won't understand They'll that. understand this one. T-R-K-B-O-N-R, truck boner. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, how about B I G D I N O? Big Dino. Big Dino. Again, you have to know it's a TRX. You do know it's a TRX. Not if they see your plate without seeing it. They, no, they don't understand they, the significance. Uh, then they don't get the joke. Yeah, how, if, it's, if they don't see it's a TRX, I don't think it matters. So, how about the T R E X T R K? The T Rex truck. Yeah. Uh, this is my favorite, and uh, it's Ramosaurus. R M A S R U S. No, nope. all right, all right, right. nothing there. No. Cricket sound effect. Yeah, from no, that. all right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nothing there. The Dino Ram, D I N O R A M. Mm. Yeah, leaves this reviewer cold. <laughs> Is that what? I, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, my my personal favorite, uh, C. <laughs> not not taken in uh, California. Now wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. I had to bleep not that sure out. That one, that, I'm not sure that one. Uh, yeah. Goes through the DMV. I had to bleep there. that out. I'm sorry, guys. Um, yeah. what about all the V8 ones? You had uh, because V8. I had because well, the, but I I haven't decided what I'm doing on my 392. Oh, so you might use that one. I'm just saying I have a whole slew of V8 ones that I'm not giving you. Gotcha. See, I I think that. If people saw that, they like, oh yeah, of course it's a V eight. So is a five seven. So is six four. So is so many. Like, why is that significant? Right. I'm, I'm not sure. In your Jeep, it has more. You're overthinking this. I, but that's <laughs> that's the whole part of the vanity. That's the, that's the puzzle, the fun that goes along with the vanity plate. All right. You know? I, I like Bropar, although it's six, yeah. not seven. So you'd have to put uh, half uh, slashes on either side to get it centered right. That's the hard thing about six on a California plate. You can do that if you go to the DMV. Right, you can't, you can't do it online. You can do it AAA or DMV because they have eight characters. Now, in there. do you think that the average? Person... I, I almost want to see Bropar with a star. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. You have to get the, the, the nautical. No, star. no, no, no. Support yeah. the children's plate with the hand. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have the hand. Interesting. Do, is that what we're liking? Bropar. I mean, I think Bropar is funny. Do we think that people would get it? Uh, yes, but I don't know that you're super bro. I don't do the flat bill hat, typically. but you do have black socks and globes. I mean, the globes are not vans are way more flat bill nine oh nine than no. than freaking globes. Oh, I don't know about that. What are you globes no. are skater shoes? Know, like, can, vans are skater shoes. Vans are literally <laughs> skater shoes. <laughs> I I know that, but so are globes. Globes are not not like you know. Okay. Uh, you're wasting Matt's time. He's trying to no. He's doing laundry. So, he's with so, us all someone's, night. Someone's someone's grabbing Bropar after this. That's all I know. Yeah, uh, we'll believe it. Unless lightning decides, uh, I mean, I don't know, Matt. You're the final verdict. What do you think? Well, you know, I support it. I came up with it. Yeah, so. I think you should just have your plate be called Thunder. <laughs> that no one would get that. Yeah, it makes thunderous noises wherever you go. But they would. Uh, hmm. All right. Well, this is a work in progress. <laughs> the problem. The problem <laughs> is, is I put a hundred percent effort into my plates that I am not willing to divulge yet, and I only put about forty-seven percent effort into. I can plates. tell. I know, but why would you? I, I mean, I don't blame well, you. It's in the middle of the night. I was laying in bed watching like, uh, uh, what's the Love After Lockup or something like that? And I don't I even know what that plates. is. Yeah, it's some show about people who get hitched in jail and then they get sprung and they hate each other in the real world because okay. like just life happens. Hmm. You should watch it. Yeah, I'm not good going background to. music. No. Noise. Yeah. What we learned on this particular episode is how to supercharge a Duramax diesel. Uh-huh. We learned about uh, rocket size and payloads. 
Uh-huh. We we learned about uh, license plate etiquette, and uh, we learned that Matt is a smart guy that's willing to hang out with dumb guys. Was that fair to say? Do you think she's smarter because he hangs out with us? No. <laughs> no, I don't. Do you think he thinks less of us now? He knew what we, he was getting into. Okay, so we're basically slither, like that, that sheen of whale poop on the bottom of the uh, ocean floor that's not quite the uh, muck. Yes, okay. that's what we are. So you, you are a marine biologist, aren't you? <laughs> Listen, I, I've, I have uh, enough knowledge about everything to be dangerous. I, I know nothing about everything and... Everything about, about a little. lots of yeah. little things. Mm. Yeah. All right, Matt. Well, thank you for hanging out with us and uh, doing we your laundry. We appreciate that. And uh, I will see no, you in the morning. Great, guys. Hey, can we do this again sometime where we hang out with you and eat tacos while you do laundry? Absolutely. <laughs> Sounds like a real weird date, but I'm in. <laughs> All right. <laughs> see you, buddy. Thank All you. All right, brother. Thanks. All right, guys. Take care. All right. All right bye. All right, Holman, before we get into the five-star hotline at 657-205-6105, I have this, uh, I brought in a, a piece of, I brought in a piece of this uh, Expel paint protection film because you and I have had many conversations about Expel, but you're always trying to like, I, I see you rubbing your fingers together like you're trying to visualize what it what it looks like. Except I did it. What it feels on like. Your TRX. No, I know that, but you can't I ran tell. My fingers over you, it. you did, but you couldn't tell how thick it is. So here's a piece. All right. This is a piece with the backing still on it. All right. Seven, so you can get a, an idea mil. for. I don't know the thickness on that. It does feel between six and eight, if I had to guess. So that would be seven. It could be six, seven, right. or eight. Yeah. Sp- all right. It's just like a piece of cellophane sticker. But it's not it feels that, like a piece that's of plastic tarp. Expel- uh, I wouldn't say it's tarp, no. But no, I mean, it's, know what it feels like. If you didn't know that there's a backing on it, if you hold it in your hand, it's like a like a pl- clear plastic, like plastic wrap that you would wrap a carpet in or something like that. Oh yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's what the material looks like in my hand. Okay, all right, good analogy. Now here, I just grabbed the first license plate that I happen to have in my uh, collection of many plates. Is that the one that's going on the uh, TRX? Nope. This one says LB Trailer because looks I used like to have LB a trailer trowel. R. Well, I think I think when it's on a trailer, LB truck. If you saw this on a trailer, you would know it says LB truck. LB truck. All right, stop it. All right now, look. I have uh, half the plate has some uh, paint protection film right. on it, so it gives you a different kind of feel. So half the left half of the plate is uh, uh-huh. is bare with just the regular paint that they use, and the right half. So I'm going over the it. line okay, there. Yeah. And the right half is covered in the uh, Expel paint protection film. Okay. Yeah. So what I'd like you to do is... Uh, hold on. Scratching it with a pen. I have some tools here. Okay. Here's a hammer, a claw hammer. All right. All right. There's a claw Can hammer. Can bend your plate? And then... Uh, you can do whatever you want to it. And then here is a pair... Well, yeah, he's pounding it. Okay. And then here a pair of... Uh, these are, uh, snips. Yep. yep, right there. They have a pointy edge. I forgot the... Uh, uh, the wire brush. I wanted to bring in a wire brush. So I, I feel free to try to do your best to damage it. And oh. one side versus. Oh yeah, you just destroyed that. Dad. The, the bent. plate. Hold on, that bent back. Bent right up. Okay. All yeah, right. Sure bent. did. The the plate bent and the protection but, film. But I bent want with it. I want you to imagine that you're uh, you're going through the desert and you're hitting like brush and and sticks. All right, so I can see the scratches, and I can feel them in the paint of the plate. Right. And I can barely, barely make them out in the uh, in the light. 
I mean, I certainly can't feel it on the film. Yeah, right. Oh, he's getting, he's turning on the flashlight on his iPhone to light it up here. No, I'm just. Taking oh, you're a taking picture. a photo. Yeah. Okay. Look at what I've done. I've scratched your plate. All right, let me. Uh, but then the expel looks fine. Yeah, you ruined the plate. But you're right. Look at look at there's that's crazy. Look at the deep scratches right yeah, here on through the painted part. Right, and then virtually no scratching. Do it again. Do it harder. Do it harder. Yeah, do it harder. I don't want to ruin your plate. Lay the. Don't worry about the plate, dude. Lay it down. Uh huh. It's all right. I got another one with no stickers on it. I'm never gonna use that plate again. All right, get into it here. Is that because it says LB True Roller? I mean, maybe. Hold on. Oh, move your bell here. Sorry. Pan, scratch at it. Don't just pound like use the claw part no, of the I hammer. Scratch. Bend, I was trying to bend the plate back. Oh, you're trying to bend that. Okay, just scratch the crap out of it. Ooh, that's pretty amazing, actually. Huh. You're a guy that's hard to impress, so hmm. tell me what you think of that. Huh. So I gouged the paint with the tip of the dikes through the paint on the plate to the aluminum, and then right next door to it on the Expel, it still has a little bit of scratching, but I would say it's only 10% of the size and depth of it. My understanding is this is the healing stuff. Mm-hmm. So if we were to take a, uh, a hair dryer. like a hairdryer to it, it would slowly repair itself. That's correct. But it's almost repairing itself from the heat of our studio. <laughs> Very right. hot in here. So what I don't like is, all right, so I know how scratching it, this is my nail going over it. Okay, this is the smooth part of the paint on the license plate. This is over my scratches. So you hear the difference as my nail catches it? Yeah. And then here's over the expel that I just scratched. And here's the expel that's not scratched. Almost sounds the same. Very similar. All right, let me let me auger the uh, the dike head here into <laughs> the on, expel. Hold on, get it down here so we can hear it. I want to move your mic down. Like now I'm, tr- I'm viciously trying to scratch <laughs> it with metal. He's really going at it where it says California on the top right oh, yeah, here. Yeah, I scratched the crap out of it here. Yeah, all right. You're scratching on the expel side? Yep, yep. Okay. And it's deep. It's deep. You can see how deep it is. All right, here's here's right, I'm taking a picture of it. Actually... You can't even see where you did it, can no, you? No, I can, but it's getting smaller as it sits here. I'm going to heat it up with my finger uh-huh. with friction and see if I can remove some of that. You know what's funny? I had my lighter in the car for my cigars, and I took it out because I'm swapping cars tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, it's there, but it's it's pretty flat. It's nothing like what I did on the painted part of the plate. Dude, this stuff is pretty impressive, isn't it? Hmm. Huh. Well, I think after watching what you went through on the TRX, I'm I'm definitely contemplating putting this on the uh, 392. What do you think of the clarity? Because you were concerned with the clarity. You're seeing it, you know, right there on a license plate. Now, obviously, I did a really crap job putting that on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a that's, professional. That's not the issue. Right. I, I want to. The clarity is okay, astounding. Right. Can I take it home and hit it with a hair dryer and play with it? Yeah, absolutely. All right. That's going to be my homework. I'm going to take this plate home. Yep. And I'm going to scratch it some more with a wire brush. Perfect. And then I'm going to hit it with the uh, heat gun. Yeah. And then see what happens. Yeah. And I'll report back. So take the other piece too, this one right yep. here. And if you have a black plate or black piece I do. of metal, I do. it's easier to see okay. than on the white right. plate. All right. Well, now that I'm uh, done playing with uh, paint protection film on lighting's license plate, mm-hmm. and I've got a, a little science and homework assignment here, uh, why don't we get into some five-star hotline? Because we haven't done that in a while. Oh, come on. Show called the five star hotline 657 
106.105. It's the Five Star Hotline. Five Star Hotline. Hey guys, Colby again. Should I label the list uh, promises from the Truck Show podcast uh, or promises promises that they haven't come? through on hey. that's what i'm wondering because like no. I, I don't know whether i should add you know going to uh daytona truck meet on oh. the promise oh, to do hey. or the promises not kept. listen pal you don't need uh, to anyway, point stuff out trying okay? to organize things on spreadsheet yeah. Let me know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> He's got a yeah. spreadsheet. He's got a Google Doc of all the things we promised. Why don't you share, come through yeah, share that with us? Give us the editing privileges. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 657-205-6105. Toll-free, 24 hours a day. It's the Five Star Hotline. Good morning, boys. Kevin from Texas. Listening to your episode, and you talked about the VW president stepping down and taking over the uh, EV market, Scout EV market. You know, I got a couple of scouts myself. I'm kind of, I'm in that community, and you know, what I've always admired about a scout is its simplicity. And you could go one way or another, talking about comparing it in the times against a Bronco or a Blazer, or you know, even like a, you know, Toyota equivalent. But either way, you know, I take it as really it's it's a good opportunity, especially for this market to do something like this. I've seen renderings. I hope that they do the thing justice. And, and from what I'm reading, it does sound like they will. I think, again, the international market is, is a market that's very, I wouldn't say it's niche, but it's, it's a very small community. And the best thing for a community, especially dealing with these types of vehicles that are that does have a small community, is if you can get more buyers and you can get more people into the community, then that's going to do nothing but help us as enthusiasts get parts easier. People are going to get into the space. They're going to come out with products. You're going to get more competition, and you're going to get more products, which is very, you know, it's it's basically, you know, the press and the attention that this EV Scout could do will help the rest of us with our old rigs, you know, and, and we've seen it time and time again in other areas. So, you know, as somebody that likes my V8 345, in my uh, in my scout, you know, I, I'm not opposed to it. Let's let's see what happens. I think it's just going to drive innovation. We have to be open to that. But guys, hey, thanks for bringing that up. I think it's a very interesting topic. Guys, have a great day. Five stars. Talk to you later, boys. All right, that was uh, interesting from somebody who uh, is embedded in the scout community that they're not angry that uh, VW has the naming rights and they want to do a uh, electric scout off-road kind of lifestyle vehicle. So uh, appreciate uh, your uh, your voicemail, whoever you are. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> don't gloss over the fact that he gave us... Five Star Review! Five Stars! So, Holman, uh, this is Kelly from Oklahoma. You might be an honorary Texan, but you're definitely not an honorary Oklahoman, especially after the two slides you gave our state <laughs> when you were talking about your Route 66 trip. First of all, Miami is in Ohio and Florida. In Oklahoma, many of our towns are Indian pronunciations, and it's pronounced Miami. And so if you talk to anyone from that town, they will definitely tell you it's Miami and not Miami. Why Second thing is there? El Reno is in Oklahoma. We take a sense when uh, people try to give Texas part of Oklahoma a little bit of a rivalry <laughs> around here. So anyway, next time, just make sure you know when you're in Oklahoma and when you're in that state down south. 
Anyway, love the show, guys. <laughs> Talk to you later. I did not know what a crazy okay. rivalry Texans and Oklahoma. Oh, I did. I did. Yeah, yeah, okay. But I didn't do it on. I didn't slide anybody on purpose. You got to realize, in the course of what was it, eight or nine days, I went through like eleven or twelve states. I don't know where I was half the time. I. Th- no idea. And listen, and in Ohio, they have like Miamiville and Miami whatever. There's like all these Miamis. And you go, no, it's there's only one Miami. I'm sorry, Ohio. <laughs> there's only one Miami, and it's but, on the coast. And that's how Oklahoma gets Miami. Ah, yeah. Because they basically said, uh, we won't pronounce it that way. That way we have our own. Gotcha. Sorry about that, Oklahoma. Hey, guys. Colby again. Um, it's late August, so by the time you play this, it should be what? May, April. Haha, <laughs> 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 joke's on you. We're playing in September. <laughs> Sometime in there. By the time you guys get around to playing all these uh, five stars, even though you keep asking for them, I keep giving them to you. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. In uh, this latest episode that I'm listening to, 240, uh, you're talking about Nissans. Uh, my father-in-law has a, an old Datsun, and on the truck it says Datsun by Nissan. Hey, Lightning, I know you've got a pet peeve about people driving with their DLRs on in the middle of the night with no tail lights. And uh, I've got a lightning, lighting, not lightning, a lighting pet peeve as well. And uh, sorry, Holman, but this is more specifically to Jeep guys. And their love of the little halo lights around the headlights, they're cool and all, except when guys run red ones. And true, true. That's true. It's not really cool when you pull up to the intersection, you see two red lights off in the distance. Oh, that's somebody going away from me. Oh, no, actually, we just almost got T-boned. Yeah, that's not cool. Yeah, I've, yeah, I don't, I've I don't, seen some of those uh, those I don't agree with that. running red. And... and By the way, the halos are stock on all uh, JLs with the upgrade package. So but that's they're just not normal. red. No, they're not. I don't, you I don't, swap them out and you I, go colors. I'm not into I, I think... For me, the equivalent of that would be growing up when I loved JDM cars and there was a such thing called city lights that all of us would put on our U.S. spec cars where you, the, you when you parked, you could glow lights inside your housing, all different colors. Right. So I get it, but it's yeah, I've, I've moved on from that. So I'm trying to figure out, I, I assigned you, it's funny, you're wearing a Midland USA t-shirt and I established uh, I 1959, am. which is cool. I guess you're going to be doing some stuff with Midland yep. soon. I and I need you to reach out to them to find out if they make a, a radio with a, an, an audio out, an aux nope. out. Nope. Sorry. No what? No, they don't make it. Nobody makes a PA anymore unless you get like a 400-year-old Cobra CB that weighs 1,700 pounds. So they do make PA systems. I just want an audio out, and I'll figure out how to wire it into a... I, I only want one handset. That's what I'm saying. So I want to get a radio. I want to get a Midland radio mm-hmm. and run an audio out. Mm-hmm. into a PA system. Yeah, but they don't make audio outs on the GMRS radios. They make it for the speaker, so you could you can hear an external speaker, but okay. they don't do it the way you want to do with a PA where you keep the mic and your voice goes out. Are you 100% sure of yes. that? Yes. Then how do, I, how do I get a PA? So I'm going to have to buy a, a you, separate PA or system? Or you don't get a PA because I'm you're not 12? No, I'm going to get a PA. So you can yell at people? Yes. Yes. I've told you I'm, I'm, this is happening. I got the LED sign. It wasn't effective. Like I'm holding headlights and scrolling, it says headlights, and people don't even get it. That didn't work. I tried it. And you think the voice of God following them on the freeway yelling at them is going to be when any better? When I come up to them, I have you've been with me when I flash my mm-hmm. lights obsessively at people, mm-hmm. and they don't even understand mm-hmm. because they're looking at their dashboard. They look down in front of them. They see the glow, as this guy realized, and they go, my lights are on. I have no idea why this guy's flashing me. I'm going the speed limit. I didn't cut anyone off. They're, they can't figure out why I'm flashing my lights at them. Maybe you just... 
don't do that. And you just go about your merry way. I can't. No, I'm fixated. I can't. I know you are. I just can't. All right. You know what it is? It's that old trick where the kids take super glue and they and they uh, they super glue a silver dollar to the ground, and they watch the, and old, the old man. Yeah, they, try and pick it up. The old guy for spend like an hour and a half trying to. You got that chisel. wrong. It's the old guy sitting on the porch who glues it to watch the kids do that. Fine, whatever. But then they come out with all these tools trying to pry it up because they become obsessed with it. That's me with the DRLs. All right. It's just I can't. I can't anymore. All right. I just need to bust everyone driving like that. I hear you. What's up, mother? Lighting and Holman, you guys are the biggest bastards I have ever heard in my life. I absolutely hate your show, and uh, I wish you two would both die. No, just kidding. I'm giving you a hard time, guys. Hey, this is uh, Holman from the Truck Show Podcast, and uh, this message is for Lightning. <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, Lightning changed this message because it says it's new. It's not. Uh, we know that, right? So here's the deal. Uh, the thing says to leave a story or a question or, or a comment. I've got a question about trucks that only Lightning can help me with. Uh, Lightning, I don't know if you saw when you walked in the studio today, a big pallet of uh, Toyo tires for our weekend coming up here. And uh, I'm in a bit of a jam because I need to get those on the vehicle that I'm going to be bringing uh, this weekend to uh, Big Bear. Uh, and uh, I'm going to need you to uh, help me get a couple tires home because I don't think what I brought will fit. Uh, five 35-inch tires. And since uh, the truck that I own, because of you, doesn't run, I figure uh, you could just uh, do me a solid and uh, help me get a few tires home in uh, the truck that uh, that you own. So, yeah, that's it. Um, have a good show. Uh, I hope you don't suck. And uh, mount those parameters, you ugly mother So much swearing so, from that guy. So, so this is you calling in on the way here, yeah. realizing that you drove a uh, a Jeep, uh-huh. a two-door Jeep. Uh, no, four-door. Four doors? Yeah. I thought it was two-door. Nope. So anyway, it doesn't matter. You can't fit five 35-inch tires Correct. in a Jeep. Maybe on the Jeep. Maybe if I, yeah, did some- Something highly illegal. Maybe. Yeah. Or dented the hood with a tire on the hood or something. So you didn't have the balls to ask me here in the studio. You had to call in. Or maybe mm. you thought it was funnier. Yeah, I thought it was funnier. All right, so you and want I had to- heard our uh, message where we say this is new and then also don't swear. And then you go, no, we can bleep it out, so swear. Yeah. And then I and thought then I would swear. Yeah, well, which yeah. you did. And I bleeped that out. Oh, great. So what you're saying is uh, you have a pallet of five tires. Is that I correct? I have a pallet of Toyos that are uh, sitting just outside this wall here. And they need to get to Huntington Beach tonight. So it's already midnight. So mm. what you're saying is mm-hmm. follow you home an extra 20 minutes, offload them no, 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 one no. by one into no, no, your no. garage. No, no. Uh, follow me home an extra 10 minutes. Yeah. Round trip will be 20. Yeah. Offload them in the driveway. I'll put them in the garage. Okay. You don't even have to get out of the car. You just stop. I'll roll them out of the back of the TRX onto the driveway. Are they shrink-wrapped? Because I don't have tie-downs. Uh, they're not. Well, you think a 35 is going to blow out on the freeway? Uh, I guess, yeah, I guess they'll all fit. Yeah, they'll fit. Okay. Listen. It's a short box, you know what I'm saying? Dude, when I had our Gladiator, I fit five thirty sevens in the back of a Gladiator. Okay, all right. So, yeah, it'll fit. I've got a lot of experience with long beds, so I'm, this is my yeah, first short is, box. You know what? You can What's take that? a picture and post it on your social to give you street cred about you using your truck. I, look it. I'm handing you that freebie <laughs> right now. So, uh, I would love that freebie if it weren't so late at night and I were so tired. Well, but, uh, okay, think of it this way. There will be no traffic. Uh, that is a good part. Yeah, and I've filled up the tank earlier and with it's, $200 in fuel. It's nighttime, Yeah, uh, which means your sound carries even more. So you yeah. can enjoy the, uh, 
the thrill of the shrill as you are uh, accelerating the through the, the RPMs. <laughs> I need a shirt that says thrill of the shrill. Yeah, isn't that good? So that was the five-star hotline. Five-star. 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 Hotline. And we welcome your call, 657-205-6105. But first, before we go, we've got a few reviews to read. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five, 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 five stars. Five stars. Right back at you, brother. Hey! Oh, you did it! Yes! First try! Oh. High five on that one. Holman Nailed comes through. It. Wow, strong Nailed and strong it. and Well, it's because the pressure of getting those tires home was lifted off my shoulders <laughs> and my psyche was opened up to the rest of the uh, What universe. if I had borrowed like a Nissan Sentra? I would have given you one tire for the back seat, <laughs> and then I would have been able to... You would have been hosed. What would you have done? Made a trip like tomorrow. You, you, like no, Uber, but I need a truck. I would have driven in traffic tomorrow to go pick up the tires, bring them back to Mike at Adventure Off-Road, yep. get them mounted. That I would have had to do a bunch awful. of trips. Yeah, yeah, that sounds bad. Especially on a Wednesday morning. Lightning to the rescue. Oh, good job. All right, give me some uh, some love. Perk the show up, right? Bring it to life with some some good reviews. Tell me that people don't hate us, like that caller just recently. <laughs> <laughs> you mean me? Yes. All right, so reading from the Apple Podcast app, this is uh, Scott Lavelle from Chandler, Arizona. It says, enjoy this podcast. Guys are awesome. Listen when driving my 2015 D-Max and walking the dog and five stars. And he goes by uh, Gravel64. Well, I like that. Uh, we've got our buddy uh, Duckman Bob. We hey, we didn't look up many uh, gravel license plates. We did a lot of dirt and dust. We didn't do any gravel. Yeah, too many... Too many letters. The shortest you just grab is GRBL. It's four. Yeah, good point. Okay. All right. Well, if we read some of these before, then I'm sorry. But uh, we got this one here from Duckman Bob. He says, uh, makes my day at work go faster. Lightning McQueen in holding pattern. Holding? (laughs) Holding pattern. Says, uh, keep Well, you're you're into aircraft. All right. Keep up. a loose tie in there. Loose, so loose. It's (laughs) flapping in the breeze. Uh, Keep up the cheesy jingles and riveting content. Listening to you makes my day go faster while working and when I'm uh, working DoorDash at night. And that is uh, from Duckman Bob. And it's. Five stars! I'll take take that with the insult. All right. Uh, And then we've got uh, the Cookie Man. He uh, says, monitoring all five-star parameters. Mounter, monitor key engine parameters. Mounter parameters! Says, a top-notch show that's consuming my life with a distorted ear because my earbud is now growing into my ear hairs from the (laughs) continuous binge listening. (laughs) Sounds gross. (laughs) I love the mix of info and comedy. Uh, Anyway, you are educating and entertaining. And that was uh, The Cookie Man. And five five stars. stars. We appreciate that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've got one from uh, Emmanuel C. Mom. Says, uh, my son Emmanuel made me write a review. And... Five stars. All right, we appreciate that. Like Get your moms, your yep. aunts, your grandmas, anybody mm-hmm. else who has an iPhone and isn't listening to the show, uh, steal it. Give us reviews. Are we uh, finally approaching mm. a thousand? Uh, we're like at nine seventy. Oh come like on, that. guys! Please nine seventy eight. That hump nine seventy eight. We're so yeah, close. I know. I can taste it. Here's uh, one from uh, Kim V eleven says uh, five stars. At first, I thought you two were a little high strung, but then I noticed the playback speed was set to one and a half. Yeah. Totally made sense because as soon as I slowed it down, you guys were chill. And I was worried you were two crackheads who tricked Nissan into sponsoring <laughs> them. So anyway, carry on with the thumbs up. And that's uh, from Kim V11 and uh, five, five stars. stars. Crackheads. How dare that. you? Uh, I mean, I guess on. Uh, one and a half speed. I listen to us at one and a half speed. But if you listen to us at half speed, we're it's, so drunk. It's so bad. We're so, so drunk. When you send me the show after you edit it for my review to go through, I don't have time to listen to a two-hour show 
And so I listen to it 2x. Yeah. And I'm so used to us talking that when I slow it down, because if I have to edit something, like if you're- We yeah, yeah, it, sound Well, yeah. Drunk. If you're out of town, for example, and I have to edit the show, or you're like, oh, I can't wait for you, I'm going to bed. So then I got to open up Adobe Audition and slow everything down, mm-hmm. and I'm like, do we really sound like this? This is horrible. It, I don't think we're horrible at, at 1x speed. Oh, uh, <laughs> when we listen at two, when I listen to two X all the time, yeah, we are. Yeah. All right, I got this one here. It says uh, from CJW four hundred five. Hey, lighting and thunder buddy, y'all are doing a great job. My eight year old son and I listen while we are in my Peterbilt. We oh, love the Ram. Wow, keep up the good work and uh, yeah, buddy. P.S. We can't get that jingle out of our heads. Yeah, buddy. And five, five stars. stars. All right, and GMC DMAX two thousand five writes best podcast. I've been listening to this show since the single-digit episodes. It's very entertaining with a great mix of technical info and humor. I look forward to it every week. And says five stars. So, hey, guys, we uh, super appreciate it. i uh, love to hear from you guys. Love to hear that you guys actually like look forward to listening to us. because It's pretty cool, I We don't say. look forward to doing this show at all. That's not true. I do. I yeah, have fun with you. Yeah, yeah, we do. That's all right. Leave us a review, won't you? The Truck Show, The Truck Show, The Truck Show, oh, oh. Head on over to uh, the Apple Podcast app, go to Spotify, I think Podbean now has reviews, wherever you listen to it, please leave us a review, and if you want to uh, talk to us, uh, you guys have been DMing me, I've had uh, people asking for brisket tips uh, lately, <laughs> cigars, uh-huh. uh, how to buy a new vehicle, what options to get on their new truck, uh, my my input between like two different models if you're on the fence and I dude I answer them all so if you want to hit me up at Sean P. Holman I know Lightning reads his DMs as well so if you want to hook up at uh, <clears throat> Banks Power at LBC Lightning you always find us at Truck Show Podcast and uh, of course Truck Show Podcast at gmail.com and like we said leave us a message on the five star hotline 657-205-6105 that's 657-205-6105 you can't remember that we always tell you to go to our Instagram Go to the profile, and there's a call button right there. You can't miss it. Push call. Leave us a message. And if you curse, I'll bleep it out. Yeah, you mother <laughs> Oh, it was over the music. That sounds ridiculous. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you. All right, well, I guess what uh, we're going to be doing here is uh, thanking Nissan. And then after we thank Nissan, and we thank Banks, and we thank Toyo, I'm loading up your Toyos. Yep. In the back of the truck and carting them down to Huntington Beach, California to load them into your garage. I so desperately want to share a photo of them, but they're a brand new tire that has not been announced yet. So they're super secret and under embargo. Mm. Embargo. So we get to be uh, some of the first people to test. I believe you're going to be going on the trail with me. I am. Testing the tires, right? I am going to be, you're going to be testing the tires and I'm going to be riding co-pilot slash shotgun and I'll be uh, adding some color. You'll be driving. You'll give, be giving uh, impressions, which will have to air later after the embargo. I got a set of tires, and you're, as you recall in the last episode, we talked to Ryan Kibbe yep. about my choice of thirty five. Went with thirty uh, fives on twenties. Nope, changing thirty sevens on twenties. I'm doing. I am. I'm. I asked. I don't know if Toyo's going to humor me. Okay, but I have asked to change the thirty fives to thirty sevens, staying on eighteens. Okay, I still want the sidewall. I think that's the right move, and I want a little bit taller tire and. I think Ryan just it hit it home for me. So I'm gonna. They said I could swap them out. I'm very excited about that, and I'm I'm more excited about testing them out on the hill this weekend. So 
Uh, are you going to have them installed before? I will be testing them out on your vehicle. They will not be installed in time. That's what I was asking. No, so, I wish. Right. I'm trying. I couldn't get it done in time. All right. Well, that's why I need you to take the tires to my house because otherwise this will be done in time and then oh, no, we've let down done. our new uh, no, no, sponsor no, no, in the no, 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 no. This is getting done. This is getting done. We're going we're gonna to camp up there and uh, I guess it will have already happened by the time you, you guys, guys are hearing this, this yeah. but we, we were camping with some of you. Which one of you? I, uh, we I, have no idea we, yet we because yet. this is past us. But the ones us, that were that. up there, you guys were a blast. Yeah, I loved every uh, one of you. Drinking around Hugs, the campfire. yeah, high-fiving. That was amazing. Or whatever we did. And then did. When, when Holman did that thing to your tent, yeah, sorry I mean, about that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I feel bad for what happened. Yeah, except but it does, wasn't Holman. It was lightning, and no, that's no, the big it, joke. It was Holman, and like if you can get the smell out of the tent, that'll be a miracle. That was also not me. That was definitely you. Could have been me. You're really good at it. All right. Uh, <laughs> speaking of uh, that new car smell, which uh-huh. is uh, clearly what you're talking about, mm-hmm. head on down to your Nissan dealer where you can pick out a brand new truck that has that new car smell and is devoid of any sorts of scents that come along with uh, either lightning or Holman. Isn't it weird that new car smell is so distinct and so good? We all uh, agree. Not always. There are some cars that have a nasty chemically new car smell. Is that true? There are some cars that whatever's off-gassing inside of them, ungodly horrible. Well, I can't tell you which cars those would be, but the last Titan that you brought to me was like a breath of heaven. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was like, you well, know what it was? The angels- Nissan were, smell good. The angels were exhaling on my nostrils. All right, well, if you need a truck and you want to smell heavenly, then head on down to your local <laughs> Nissan dealer, <laughs> NissanUSA.com, where you can build and price a Frontier or Titan or Titan XD. Give them a try, because you may find out that they got everything you need at a really great price, and obviously, fantastic reliability. The Titan five-year, 100,000-mile warranty, unfreaking beatable and since you're in the market for unbeatable, try the bank's Ram Air rear differential cover. Cools your rear diff temps by five times over stock and those flatback covers that you see advertised in magazines. So if you're towing a fifth wheel, you've got a, a horse trailer, you're any real significant weight. Or let's be honest, you just want your truck to look cool from behind. I mean, there is that. But like if you really tow... Your rear diff temps get really cooking hot. I mean, you can burn the oil. I know it sounds weird to burn a liquid, but you can absolutely oxidize, and we did it in a lot of the testing. You can burn the oil going 200 horsepower for 20 minutes. Like, it literally will burn, oxidize, and then that will wear out your gears because at that point, the viscosity of the oil is shot to hell. Well, that sounds horrible. So what I'm going to say is if you've got those problems and you tow heavy loads— and you need to protect your diff, head over to BakesPower.com, and you can put in your year, make, and model to see if they've got the uh, right diff cover for your application. And one company that you'll love that has applications for just about every vehicle on the planet is our friends at Toyo. That's right. Head over to uh, ToyoTire.com. If you're looking for a great all-terrain, mud-terrain, highway, off-road, on-road, amazing tires, super round, high quality, you want to check out Toyo. Uh, We just did, and we'll talk about it on the next episode. I'm looking forward to it. Just like I'm looking forward to hauling them to your house right now. Chop, chop, let's go. Damn it. The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Motor Trend Group. This podcast was created and produced by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan of the Truck Show Podcast, we encourage you to visit and patronize our sponsors. For a number of years now, work has been proceeding in order to bring perfection to the crudely conceived idea of a transmission that would not only supply inverse reactive current for use in unilateral phase detractors, but would also be capable of automatically synchronizing cardinal grammeters. Such an instrument is the turbo encabulator. 
Now, basically, the only new principle involved is that instead of power being generated by the relative motion of conductors and fluxes, it is produced by the modial interaction of magneto-reluctance and capacitive directance. The original machine had a base plate of prefamulated amulite surmounted by a malleable logarithmic casing in such a way that the two spurving bearings were in a direct line with a panometric fam. The latter consisted simply of six hydrocoptic marzal veins so fitted to the ambifacient lunar wane shaft that side fumbling was effectively prevented. The main winding was of the normal lotus o delta type placed in panendermic semi-boloid slots of the stator every seventh conductor being connected by a non-reversible tremi pipe to the differential girdle spring on the up end of the Grammys. The turboencabulator has now reached a high level of development and it's being successfully used in the operation of nofertrunions. Moreover, whenever a fluorescent score motion is required, it may also be employed in conjunction with a drawn reciprocation dingle arm to reduce sinusoidal replenition. It's not cheap, but I'm sure the government will buy it.